And we are back with another awesome podcast, if I do say so myself. Our guest today, if you live in Eureka or in Humboldt County, odds are you know her or know of her. She has had a very extensive political career here locally, and she is currently serving her last term as a district supervisor. We had a great talk. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm so thankful she took the time and wanted to come on and talk with me. It was a blast. It was very informative. It was very extensive. And I enjoyed every minute of it. So without further ado, please give it up for Virginia Bass. Do I? I get that a lot. I get that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of funny. Good family. I didn't know that you knew the Westfalls. When uh, mid and and less were uh, big supporters of my, you know, the restaurant, obviously, but they knew my family probably, you know, when my mom basically moved here. They probably moved here about the same time. I think he said it said that he moved here in the 40s. And I think... I was trying to go, or maybe it was a little later when he did the Westfall Stevedore when he came up here and took that over. But um, yeah, no, I just always knew him. You know, I had, they were at my weddings. They were. Oh, wow. Good Small people. world. Yeah. And it, it's like I said, sorry, it took me so long to figure it out. No, it's no. Like, I was interested to see if you were going to tune into that because I didn't know until I told my parents that I was going to have you on. And yeah. they were like, oh, we know her. And I was like, really? Yeah. And then the tequila, it's like of all the things to come up, it's like, yeah. When I'm no longer supervisor, tell her we need to go out and. Enjoy some tequila. I will. That was the first thing she said when I told her I was going to have you on. She's like, I taught her how to drink te- good tequila. Yeah, and I think I remember the night it happened where she was sitting in there and saw, you know, and now so I do really enjoy the nice sipping tequila. What's your go-to? Gosh, I don't know the name right now. To be honest, my neighbors um, have a party every year at Christmas time and they have these amazing ones and um, the ones that taste kind of like, like caramel and uh, I mean, but they're a hundred plus dollars a bottle. Actually, a little bit above my my go to. Mine too, but there's got a decent one of all things at Costco that is not bad for sipping. We found, hmm. but um, I can't remember the name. There's been some fantastic ones that it was just like, I want more. But yeah, my mom is very serious when it comes to her tequila. She does not drink the cheap stuff. She she goes. She knows what she likes. She finds a great brand and then just sticks with it. Yeah. So I mean, I've switched through the years, but. After I tried my neighbors and it was like dangerously good. Yeah. We found a really good one. We were down in Mexico and went on this tequila tasting. So is this on the air that I like tequila? Oh, yeah. We're going. We're going right <laughs> okay, now. Good, good. Yes. So I, like I said, I don't overindulge, but um, no, Important I did learn that, that from your mom. So not that it's a bad, it could be a bad habit, I suppose. But well, if anything can be a, a lot. Yeah. Anything can be a bad habit. Food can be a bad habit if you overindulge. Coffee. Coffee. I'm drinking caffeine <laughs> here too. Yes, this is. I'm, do I can I can I mention yeah, sh- yeah. Ramones? My coffee cup. I that is my second office. If you ever want to find me or if anybody else who's listening, uh, Ramones Harrison. I tend to be there most mornings. So. Just working on paperwork yeah. or um, just relaxing. You know, it's amazing being able to do emails and uh, 
there and the noise I can tune out the noise which is much better if I do stuff at home or at the office I got supervisor Bowen on the other side of my wall and you it's really hard you know we, and we've known each other like a very long time so it's hard to get work done sometimes so I go there and I meet with a lot of people there have meetings and I just see people that I've known through the community for years and lately it's been really nice um, because I'm running into people that I don't even know and they're coming up saying oh we really wish you weren't leaving it's like oh that's nice it takes you know mostly you hear from the people who are glad you know you when you're in office you hear more from folks who are not happy and um so it's 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 kind of nice to uh, sometimes it takes that getting out of your office and going to kind of a neutral space to really get some work done i found that with this because i did this out of my house for a little while and it was a little distracting trying to edit because you're just in your room you've got all these distractions you've got your television right there you've got all this stuff and I noticed when I moved it here, I felt like I got a lot more work done. Yeah, it was funny. I was when I got here, like I said, I went over near the upholstery. <laughs> it's like my brain just took me there, and um, but I didn't know that. You know, obviously, how would I know that this is part of your your? Is not the count. How did you get this house so close to your parents? I know, lucked out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's a great area. I love it. I know we talked about that. Yeah. It's a great area over here. Grew up in Myrtle Town. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, it's I don't know to tell you. Place. Do you where do you live now? You don't have to say the exact. Oh uh, no, I I live actually kind of behind the high, uh, behind the um, hospital off of okay. Henderson and you, but it's it's this cul-de-sac that I never knew was there, and I've lived here like forever. And um, I guess there was a family, an old estate. They called it the Berg Estate. I don't know who it was, when it was, um, but it was uh, apparently taken down or whatever fell down years and years I don't know how many ago and um and so this cul-de-sac had been built there and it's funny because right behind it it's been around it's been there forever because my you know I know um people who live down below or who used to and it's like okay so this actually existed but I never knew it was here and I went driving one day and it's like wow this is a really cool little place and so it's centrally located um it's in the woods. We have the bear, you know, bear and et cetera. Critters come through. Walking through your yard? Yeah. Oh, nice. Sometimes through fences. Okay. Yeah. A little problematic, but yeah. you get a, you get a nice nature feel out there. Yeah. It's a, um, it's relaxing. And like I said, it's I'm right. Um, before the trees grew up, I could see the hospital. We could see the helicopters landing. Oh, wow. And now I feel them and I hear them. And I feel like I'm out of something out of either Twilight Zone, the movie, or M.A.S.H., because I can hear them coming. It's like, I hear a helicopter. And they come. there's a lot. And every time I see that, I think about somebody having to be airlifted out for some reason or perhaps coming back. You know, sometimes the um, Coast Guard is there. And it always makes me think that, you know, the work that's going on there and just the immense gravity of if we didn't have that helipad, if we didn't have this ability to you know, transport passengers, it is a little unnerving sometimes, though, for someone else who hasn't been there and everything starts shaking in your house. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Does that weigh on you? It seems like you got a little... Every, you know, every once in a while, there'll be, there'll be, oops, sorry, there'll be um, what I believe is probably someone who has not landed there before, um, probably coming from one of the other, you know, facilities, hospitals, and they'll go around... And then 
they kind of go away and then they come back and, and it's like okay they're just trying to get a bead then after you know it's like three or four circles it's kind of like please don't crash yeah it's right over my house but no never never i don't think there's ever been an issue it's pretty awesome watching it come in if you've ever been driving down booner when they land there it i haven't looks seen like it. it descends right it's just barely you know it's amazing I always loved driving out towards Murrayfield out on 101 and seeing the planes take off or land. That was always my favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just a cool experience to see that. Even cooler, I would imagine, to be up in one of those, but... Well, it's, you know, it's a it's a beautiful area. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can't complain. Humboldt has a, a very pristine, natural beauty to it. Yes, it does. And we have some great, you know, go, um, like the Skywalk. You know, there's some, you know, besides just the general pristine beauty... We're starting to learn how to harness some of it and, and make it something that is another reason to bring people here to enjoy. You Are know, you talking the about beauty. the solar farms and the wind well, farm? No, like, well, I'm just, I'm thinking the, the skywalk and just the things oh. we're doing with the awesome beauty we have. We're actually making it more um, available to people. I'm thinking tourism kind of. I that seems to be the one. big push right now is for tourism. Yeah. And uh, we've got, we've, we've have, how do I say it? Our airport, you know, we had our ups and downs through the years. And uh, I remember the first time I was on a plane here, it was in second grade, and I was going to visit my brother in San Francisco with a Hughes Air West. You're way too young to remember, but it's like the big yellow banana that was a plane. And uh, and so ever since then, I was kind of hooked on flying. I don't get to travel enough. My sister left the restaurant business since she became a pilot for FedEx. She just retired from being the captain, the main person on the 777s on International. Oh, how cool is yeah. that? And I'm kind of going, hmm, wait a minute. <laughs> I picked the wrong path. I know, I, I know. But, um, but, you know, it always sounds exotic, but, you know, it becomes a job, I'm sure. But but just the flying and the, I do love traveling when we can. And the airport here, you know, uh, it's a really volatile industry and, we were starting to do better again, and then when COVID hit, things, I don't want to say crashed, but yeah, it became, you know, overnight pretty bad. And then um, after COVID hit, and, you know, over a time when people started to travel again, there was a different kind of travel coming. And so we started having airlines come to us offering these different routes. Um, and then some of them have been extremely, you know, profitable. Others, uh, we were losing a couple of them, and part of that's because we're not doing enough like marketing locally with them. But when we talk tourism, I keep thinking, okay, if I lived in Arizona or if I lived in Las Vegas in the summer, I would love to have a direct flight to a place as beautiful as this that's got temperate, temperate weather. You can get 100 degrees. You just drive 40 minutes east. You know, it's beautiful here. Yeah, it really is. We lost... The Reno and the Las Vegas one? Well, Reno, <laughs> there's more. Uh, Reno, uh, actually, when they started, because I wanted to use it. My sister lives over there. But uh, they didn't have, like, a really good game plan. They, they were meant to be something kind of like um, Allegiant where they would offer packages. But they really weren't um, real successful and didn't seem to have a coordinated plan. Uh, Vegas uh, came to us from Avello, which has Burbank. Uh, we are actually a really high market for Vegas. I'm not sure that's good or not, but um, but I think it you know it slowed down. And this is where the marketing, um, you know, 
I think the company would have liked us to have been more with them. And we're working with community partners to say, can we do this? Because normally in the past, to get an airline here, you had to go. Um, I was fortunate for a couple of years I got to be the airport supervisor, I guess you might, whatever my, I had no real title, but I was on this committee and for recruitment and uh, raising money for something called a minimum revenue guarantee. And so you would go, it was like speed dating all these different airlines. They'd only take your date if, you know, you ask it, you get it, 15 minutes, give your spiel, and then on to the next. And it was really eye-opening, but it's really hard, but it's competitive. And uh, so the regular course would be to have an airline say, hey, we're interested in coming in. And, but we want this money that guarantees that if we lose money, that we remain whole. It's kind of scary, you know, um, but, you know, that was the traditional model. And in most cases it worked. We had an experience years ago with uh, Delta where it was not, it was not um, structured very well. And it was a half a million dollars and they quit service and we owed them basically a half a million dollars because we didn't, we didn't structure it. So this would be like a quarterly or something. It was, it was a really bad experience. Oh, wow. So we've learned to change that, but, um, but, you know, so that would be like the standard, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into, um, they can track anybody that's leaves Eureka and ends up somewhere else. If they're on a plane at all, it can tell you how you get there. It tells you what airports people are coming from, where they're going. If you drive, you live here, but you decide to fly out of San Francisco, the, we, the data shows that. It's, so it's, it's awesome how they that's figure out. That's kind of scary. Yeah, it is. But, um, but that's how they figure out, you know, the demand for your area. Um, but the new, um, the new uh, flights that had come in didn't require that minimum revenue guarantee. So that was a positive, right? They just said, hey, we're going to start serving your area. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's good, I think. But, um, you know, they were expecting a little more help as far as the um, advertising and not, not just advertising in, you know, in, in certain like sectors. I, I think that we really just need to work on something more robust to uh, work with those airlines in the future when they come in to say, hey, you know, we want to be your partners. Because uh, Phoenix also, um, for the same reason with American Airlines, which is really too bad because you get on, um, gosh, on United, I was like the first flight I took after the Skywalk opened. They had a full, beautiful spread on the Skywalk in the United magazine. It was kind of cool. Same thing with the American magazine. And it's, it's like, you know, people are seeing it and they want to come up here, but we're not giving them as many um, opportunities or ways to do it. Anyway, that's my so spiel on tourism. You feel like it's an advertising thing that was kind of I think that would. On. I think that's part of it. You know, um, it's funny. Your show is called Growing Pains. Our airport kind of went through that because we were fairly small. Um, we switched. We, we had put it. We put the airport and aviation underneath public works. At the time, it sounded like the right idea. You know, I will now say it was the wrong idea. I mean, I, 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 I have to say I'm wrong often in this. You know, I'd like to think I'm always right, but I'm not. I, it's like I have to take responsibility when I realize that I could do something differently. And maybe it wasn't the best idea. And so we reversed that. It's now been created back to the aviation um, department which is just different. It means it's like more autonomy over itself versus if it's under somebody, some other part of the county. 
But, you know, we weren't ready when all these flights started just coming in. Our facilities run down. Our parking is terrible. Yeah. And, you know, didn't use before you could go in your like one car out there. You yeah. Know? And, um, and so we weren't ready for that growth. And so there's updating um, different parking, uh, most likely. And there's plans in the future for a different terminal um, because that little waiting room is. Yeah. So and so there's there's things that um, are going to take time and and hopefully, you know, we're able to. Um, at least move forward with that and just have a better plan with our partners. And when I say partners, you know, a lot of it with talk has been with the Lodging Alliance and they've done some great donations. I mean, they did a lot of money to the Skywalk, but their, their uh, catchphrase is heads and beds. And it's like, okay, we want to bring heads and beds to stay at the hotels. We're missing something here. We need to join with you guys and work on this. So, it's a work in progress. Now, the Lodging Alliance, I know that on Tuesday's Board of Supervisors meeting, they were talking about that tax. They were not, they were not happy. Yeah, to say, as, <laughs> to to say, say the least. least. Well, as Humboldt County is, I mean, uh, one of the, um, Chris Ambrosini from, oh, Best Western, um, I think it's Best Western Humboldt Bay, get the right name of it, Best Western. He grew up, he went to Lafayette, you know, junior high. Same, you might have actually, well, no, you're way much younger. You're way younger. One of your other aunts and uncles probably knew him. But we've all known each other for the years. When I was in the restaurant business, I knew them all because I was on the Convention Visitors Bureau board. But it's hard because I hear what they're saying. At the same time, I'm also understanding, you know, our job was not to work with them on fashioning the ballot. Um they did not want it to go on there. I understand that. Uh, but what we can do now is, you know, interact with them more. I think there was a misunderstanding where they thought that because they were approached early on to say what they think, I think um, we dropped the ball in not saying something at the time going, okay, well, we appreciate this. Uh, you know, you're not part of a working group. You know, this is just a process that's going to go through. And if we move forward with it, then we will reach out to you guys and figure this out. We didn't do that, so we could have done it. Be- we could have done it better. And so they felt as though they should have been included in the process, right? Yes, in the whole process. And uh, and you know, when you're, it's uh, how do I say, government's very different than a private business. I've been having been part of. Uh, private business for, well, 32 years, you know, back in with my family. Uh, And so the expectations are a little bit different. Unfortunately, you get to, in government, there's so many things that are just done differently. And the course of how you go about getting things done, like putting something on on the the ballot, you know, it's, we had a couple meetings about it in public meetings. We did early outreach. You know, and of course, there's the um, polling that happens. And, you know, I think they were going, well, if there's polling, why didn't we get called? It's like, well, no, polling is this random thing where where you work with an outside company and they, you know, the district, counties, five districts, and they'll do roughly the same amount of calls in each district. But it's a randomized, you know, um, at least when you're running, like doing elections, and if you ever do any polling, it would be a randomized list that the phone, you know, it calls up, it pulls up the number you're going to call. You don't get to go, 
huh? Yeah, you're not. Picking. I know this name over here. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna give me a favorable answer. Yeah. So, but you know, um, I think we'll work through through the challenge. I mean, it's this. We make everybody. Sometimes I think I make everybody mad in one day. I mean, I, I'm a fa- actually, and those are some of my favorite days. Though when I think really? about it, well, from the standpoint, um, I mean, years ago, the first I'll say locally, um, local government is not supposed to be partisan, but throughout not just Humboldt County, throughout California and the nation, it's become that way, right? So people try to pin you over here, saying, "Oh, you're right." Or you're to the left, or whatever. And my 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 philosophy is, I make the decision I think that's right. I'm usually the one in the middle that has to make those really difficult choices. Uh, but but you know I don't do it based on um, like a political ideology. And I think unfortunately these days people really want to see. I mean, in community conversations. If you look on social media, which, by the way, I think has many ways um, really not been good when it comes. To, I mean, it started going sideways in 2004, which is exactly the year that Facebook. And I, I can go back to the days when I, I started seeing people behave differently to people and just treat it, people differently. Even back then. Even back then. It. Well, because it was weird. Our elections in 2000 were like, OK, I'm running. Peter LaValle ran. We just ran because we both wanted to do the right thing for our community. It was not an evil mean. Nobody was doing, throwing anything back and forth that was not nice. You know, we were just two different people offering two different things. And the, by the 2004 election, I mean, I was lucky. I, I didn't have anyone run against me that year. I mean, it was my favorite year. But I saw it in the other elections where it just started getting amped up in a whole different way. And and um, so I started looking I did a talk to the League of Women Voters a couple weeks ago for their uh, state of the community. And I started looking at, well, what happened around that time? Social media. And that's when Facebook was launched. It's like, so no, I don't blame Facebook for everything. (laughs) But uh, I just think people, you know, have, have really, we've seen a lot more of the partisan divide. But Gosh, I now you don't even know where I was going with that when you first yeah. asked me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It just, but it, but it, it really, it's, it's. Oh, I know, making people mad in the same day. I, there was one day in specific, and I don't remember the issues, but like the morning session, I made everybody who might be perceived as being on the, I know you can't see air quotes, um, on perhaps a the more conservative side of the aisle. Make all of them happy with whatever one afternoon there was this stuff going on. In the in the other part of the day, I made all of them mad because I agreed on you know more on this other position. And and I remember thinking, gosh, that was painful. And I thought, you know, actually, it's okay. But if everybody's mad in one day, it's better than just making one segment mad. I mean, I think I'm doing something right if I can make everybody mad at once. Not that I, I really want to do home. that. You know. <laughs> No, but it's it's not it's just it's just being able to understand that when you go in with the like for me when I go into a decision, you know you want to go in with as open a mind as you can. Sometimes uh, it's hard, right? You know, but but that's what it's about is going in and getting the information, and sometimes your decisions just don't match where somebody else thinks they should be. But uh, but like with things like the ballot measure, 
we look at those, it's something that comes to us and uh, we want to help raise some more revenue. We can't create it out of thin air. Um, we do want to help the arts community because they struggled a lot during COVID. And, uh, but then there's already, there's so many other needs as well. So if the voters pass it, you know, it'll be okay. We'll figure it out. If they don't pass it, it'll be okay. We'll figure it out. And that is a tourism tax, right? Yeah. It's on, um, on the hotels, you know, like you can spend the night as the, the TOT. Mm -hmm. And that's an increase from what to what? If I recall, I think it's, um, and this is. Uh, so you increase from 10 to 12. Okay, that's what I but thought. But the, the HLA has their own 2% tax. But that's the case. That's all their own money with that 2%. Um, and we added uh, campgrounds, I think, and RV spaces. But when we talk about the initiative being countywide, um, it doesn't change what the cities have. You know, So the cities may have a completely different TOT tax structure. Um, all this will do uh, would change what, what's collected in the unincorporated areas of the county. So in, in essence, you could have seven cities and the county with differing TOT taxes. I don't know. I don't know where they all are. I know that, that information's available, but it's it's a little confusing at times when someone's going, well, I'm only paying over this, you know, in Arcata. Why am I paying more over here? It's like different jurisdiction. And so that increase of 2%, that is what would be taken and given to the to the arts or wherever they want to funnel um, that? Potentially. That's one of the um, challenges in uh, government is when you take something uh, like a tax to the public, there's things that are called general tax, and then there's a specific tax. Say you wanted a specific tax for the arts. Um, something like that takes a much higher threshold to pass, like more than 50%. It's like... I don't know, 70%, whatever. And it's, it's a harder number to hit, right, with voters. And so with the general tax, um, like, say, Measure Z, uh, you it can pass with 50% plus one. And so it's not really specific, but with Measure Z, we did a lot of community meetings. And where we are, you know, said we would aim the majority of monies if we could. But the understanding is that is actually a general tax that goes into the general fund, um, so, so then it can be dispersed anywhere. It can be. And, you know, that's, I can see people, you know, being a little bit, you know, upset. Yeah. But that's how uh, taxing, um, I did not send up how this works in government because obviously nobody can figure out who set things up to run government. It's like, you, I have to do what? So, but. And measure Z was, measure Z was the public safety focused, um, you know, like, What's interesting is public safety has such a big, broad meaning. You know, it's roads. Roads is a huge part of public safety. It's in my district. You know, roads are you know an annoyance. There's some that need help. A lot, a lot of help. A lot that need a but lot of help. But in other county, I mean, in other districts, roads have completely washed away. So in those for those areas, I can see really how they believe it is public safety because you. How can you get a fire engine out there if your road's gone? Um, you know, police, fire, and the fire chiefs association, they get a very large chunk. Um, you know, we start realizing homelessness is, can be part of public safety. Addiction is public safety, you know, because, I mean, so you start, it got to be such a really big area or big pie or small, the same amount of pie, but with a lot of pieces to it that um, 
that we've got to the point now where, okay, we've funded a lot of positions with those dollars, but that's good. But it means those dollars now no long, are no longer available, so the measures of pie keeps getting smaller. So it's, uh, it's hard. I think we had $11 million in asks this year, and I think we were able to do like $7 million. But, you know, without those dollars from Measure Z, a lot of things wouldn't exist that people really appreciate today. So That's a lot of money. You know, I, it's amazing. Um, when I was at the city, I, was, I thought I knew an awful lot, right? I have since learned that I was really wrong. Um, in fact, when I made an announcement that I wasn't running in my thing I, that they posted... I apologized to the person who I beat who had been in the office for 24 years because I was harsh on her because I thought I knew more than I really did, right? I, it's like the first year was like, oh, boy, I'm wrong on that one, you know, and, and I do it to, to this day. It's like got to be willing to take help and you got to be willing to admit you could you might have had a wrong impression, right, or ideas. But, um, you know, so city government, the dollars seem big there. You come to the county and it's a half a billion dollar corporation basically but a lot of those dollars aren't locally um, generated you know we have a lot of dollars in there that are from the federal um, you know sources federal and state sources you know like probably a hundred million dollars in there I mean it's huge and so while while it looks like we've got a lot of money in there a lot of the money that sits in there that, that we have to operate with basically comes from other entities you know we're right now we have a little bit of a challenge uh, potentially having access to those, which is kind of scary. But it does look, it kind of overinflates the budget, makes it look like it's a lot more. It's just different than private business to figure out. It's a monster in itself. It seems a lot more inefficient than private business. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no, you know, uh, in, a, in many ways, you know, because there's a lot more... Um, OSHA requirements. There's a lot. During COVID, it became really, you know, difficult, you know, because we have, uh, in order to have meetings, we have really specific things we have to do with the Brown Act and with everything. So it's stilted. Um, Making decisions takes a lot longer time because there's this whole process for everything. And uh, I think Supervisor Bone, when he came in, he was really frustrated. Well, he's still frustrated because, you know, he's He's a get her done guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a procedure person. You know, Mike is a de- definitely a policy person, and and it's funny we all have little different things, but I think we all say, "Gee, many Christmas." The um, movement of government is like molasses, and uh, you know, if you have an issue with an employee, you it's a very different process to uh, to either. Not, um, I don't want to say fire, it sounds awful, but not, you know, you you can't do the things you can do in private government, uh, private, excuse me, in private business. So it's just more procedure oriented and a lot more people involved in the decision making process. <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard to get used to. And I don't know if you ever really do. I was going to say, you've been involved in politics for a long time and it doesn't seem like you've, you've accepted that yet. No, it's 22 years worth of going okay fine fine I can't do we can't do that can't do that let me just go through the process and so process seems to be a really big word it happens a lot right you know we got a process for that in your opinion do you feel like the county is 
relatively efficient at spending tax money or just money in general? I don't know if I'd say efficient, but um, I mean, in a, in the total picture of 22 years, um, I don't know. Uh, I think governments, not even just county, but say where I'm sitting in county, I think there are some things that they can be efficient in as long as processes are set up. And But I think what happens is there ends up being so much more process that's added on in layers. And it's not like one person is able to go and, you know, it goes to this person. Then you have to go to this person. Well, this person has to weigh in it also. And there's like these levels that just keep getting added. And so that would definitely not be what I'd consider efficient. I, I think in some people that would be looking at is it's, it is more thorough, a thorough vetting of, of what's happening. But it's not efficient. I mean, I can't, I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say, like, what could, what could be efficient in government? I mean, it's, it's just, unfortunately, things are, there's a lot of red tape purple tape every tape i don't know why we're tied in knots we have we get stuck following process that doesn't make sense sometimes i guess when i said efficient i meant more so the spending of the funds do you feel it because when we were talking oh, where about we're spending it yeah with um, measure z it sounds like i don't want to say bait and switch but it sounds like you know the public can have the idea that this money is going to go to this and then through the process it ends up going yeah, to well, these places they didn't anticipate well we had that's why we set up the measure z committee in this one um which was uh, a really unusual step. There's not a lot of other examples of that. And so we set up a completely different process for that to follow that that tries to encompass um, the different areas of, you know, public safety. And so I think I think the those dollars, they do go through a process. I think where I'm hearing, more concerned now, at least with some of the measures of the, the subcommittee, is that because we have had, we've added a lot of petition, not petitions, um, positions, say in the sheriff's department, DA's apartment, department, um, arguably public safety. But when you add a position, those dollars that you allotted this year become constant every year those dollars get allotted. It's not like a one-time and so with all these years, um, costs go up, uh, insurance goes up, uh, retirement goes up. And so that number that's spent on recurring positions has grown quite large. And so we're not able to fund as many of the, the one-time projects and that those. So in that respect, I don't know if that's called efficiency. I think it's more like um, the unexpected, real, you know, something that the realization that, you know, those permanent positions are going to have a number that grows to them. And either we cut those positions, which would cut those public safety programs, or we have to cut these other over here. And so it makes them really uncomfortable um, choices that you're going, well, but I don't want to cut that. Um, so I, I am concerned, actually, what this is going to look like in the future, because with the positions continually growing, it will keep taking up more of the pie. And so I think the subcommittee is looking at how to potentially restructure how they look at things. Um, Measure S, um, which has its own, uh, it's interesting. You know, I've learned lawsuits are really big in government. I, I never Who would have thought that? You know, I didn't realize. I knew in the city there was some, but we didn't deal with it in depth. You know, it'd come, 
we'd deny, you know, we'd send it to, you know, it had its process, but we weren't intimately involved. And the county is amazingly, um, it's an amazingly litigious uh, area. And and so like Measure S has its, uh, has its share of challenges, you know, due to a lawsuit. And we've had to make shift and, you know, let people have money back if they want it. You know, I'm not the official person that they can give all the explanation. But it has had its rough, uh, rough couple of years and trying to come to a... Um, a balance and but it was one of those where that time when we were um, having that on the ballot we did uh, what we called the road show and we went to each of the districts and did big meetings community meetings with the big round tables and had supervisors and department heads and community members together to talk about how they'd like to see those dollars spent um, and uh You've, have you heard about First Five before? I have not. Oh, Marianne Hansen, by the way, Senator McGuire's Woman of the Year, North Coast Woman of the Year, wonderful person. But First Five is some, it, it's a group, and organization that focuses on the first five years of life, basically, because, you know, <clears throat> I think what they say now is uh, tomorrow starts today, you know, because there's a lot of kids that get... Um, don't make it through those years with the, a lot of the best guidance or, you know, there's a lot of ACEs. You've heard, probably heard of ACEs. Yeah, which is, <clears throat> I'm not going to do this just, it's like a traumatized yeah, um, scale. Yeah, now I'm thinking adverse, um, yeah, it's adverse experiences. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they did this wonderful job. They showed up at every one of those events. They... Um, they had a lot of active people in the community that are involved. And so that was one of the reasons, you know, we do have money that goes to them that will probably go to them every year if we have it, because the community showed up to tell them what, tell us what they wanted. And that was like a really big thing on their list. Um, it's, there's a lot of process involved and it's, it's not perfect by any stretch. And, you know, nobody wants to raise taxes. And I think the TOT tax whether it's good or bad, the fact that it's actually, you know, paid by members of, you know, who are passing through the community, uh, there there seems to be a little less resistance to that. Unless... You're talking to yeah, the or, Lodging Alliance or yeah. the or well, and, business and owners. You know, I've when I was president of the state association, I don't know, like three years ago, and then I was an officer for three before that, I traveled a lot. And it was nice because they paid. The county didn't have to pay, so it was really good. But, you know, I never looked at the TOT. And even now I don't. I mean, I'll look at charges going, Why, what's that surcharge for? Um, but it's, I don't know. I, I'd like to think it doesn't stop people from stopping. I Perhaps, are there people that might go, well, you know, Fortuna has a lesser TOT, so let's go stay there and we're going to save $2 tonight. That's not my, you know, my thought pattern processes. Okay, I got a room. I'm happy. <laughs> so I'm simple. Mm-hmm. I, I could see it in the sense of someone who's not involved in that, and it, it would be the tourist eating that tax, right? And a point that seemed to be made at that board meeting was that those business owners feel like they're going to be the ones eating that tax. 
Is that out of hesitation to increase price for fear of yeah, tourists I think, not coming? Yes. I, I mean, I would, that would be, that would be how the conversations I've had where those go. And uh, it's, and I'm sure from their perspective, there's a reason for that. You know, um, on my, just my general regular person perspective, I just think, well, you know, if it was like way different, like say 20%, um, I can see people saying, I'm not going there. I'm going over here, but you know, we'll see. I'd like to think, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a deterrent to people staying there, but I am not an expert. And like I said, they are the ones who know, and I, I understand their concerns. And so however it is, we can work with them uh, to find a, a way that they're comfortable with those dollars. I mean, perhaps some of that could go to this marketing we're talking about, even to bring more bodies, bodies, heads and beds here, uh, travelers, you know, people on vacation, people fly here from a hot location during, you know, the summer. But with a measure like that, who, who brings that forward? Is that just a member of the public or that was, um, that would, that would, that came from ours. Uh, It's interesting how you get things on the ballot. Uh, but we have to go through a process and do it in public, you know, deciding to do it. There's other ballots. I know there are several that are being circulated. I mean, you, you know, you've probably been where you've been asked to sign a petition. I was asked the other day at Safeway. Yeah, which one was it for? I th- it was a... Don't tell you, don't remember. Minimum wage, I believe. A dollar okay. increase. That's what okay. he kept saying. And I was like, okay. I, I gotta, I'm just here to do some grocery shopping. Yeah, well, and there's also, there's another, there's like a cannabis initiative out there gathering signatures. So you get all these people gathering signatures. Some of them are for state um, elections. And the ones for local election, they go through this process. And there's a certain amount of um, number of, a percentage of voters in the area where it has to, they have to get signatures from that many registered voters that have to, and then after you get signatures, all the signatures have to actually be checked against actual registration. To so make sure they're real. Yeah. Real so voters. it's a process. And so when that gets done, they usually collect a whole lot more just in case, because people sign just because, yeah, I'll sign it. Yeah. Just and to get sign, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, no, you're not registered, are you? <laughs> Darn it. But, um, but then at that point, if something like that came to us, a local initiative, um, our decision then is, do we want to accept it and just make it law? I mean, make it, we can do it at that time because- Without voter approval. Without voter approval, because this initiative process allows for that. Or we can also decide to put it to the voters. And, you know, that is what we've done most of the time because we're going, well, we could make, you know, we could say, we could say, this is it. This is how it's going to be now. But I think we have had more of a tendency in the past when that's happened to- just put it on the ballot, which is expensive. I mean, just running, sometime you talk to Kelly Sanders. Well, she's retiring soon, but um, the cost of running a local election is huge. You know, the, to put something on the ballot, like if you want a special election, it's a cost that people don't understand. I mean, I didn't realize how expensive it's like. It's just, it costs how much to put it on a ballot? <laughs> What's a ballpark figure for that? I don't know, 40,000 something. I mean, it was like, I just remember the first time. And, you know, it makes sense when you've got an election coming up anyway, because that's... You You're know, already going to pay it. Yeah, we got to pay something, and there'll be some increased piece that you'd pay. But, uh, like, for special elections, it's it's pretty pretty high. And I can't remember the number that was on the, um, the gubernatorial, uh, the recall. 
I don't know if the counties all got paid back money. It ended up being incredibly expensive. And for kind of going, well, we had other ideas with that money, but. And the county in that instance, since it was a governor recall, the county had to just eat that yeah, payment? Yeah, wow. I think, but I'm, I'm thinking that there's some um, some dollars that did come back, but it's just amazing how um, the things that happen that aren't planned elections can become very, you don't realize how much it, what what goes behind getting something on a special election and the cost that goes with it. I wasn't aware. It's an, not saying it makes any sense, but. And so if a board member brings a proposal forward like that, do they have to get the signatures or they can bypass that? Uh, you know, if it's something that's that's like a really big, like something that has to do with changing a law, um, I don't, you know, I to be honest, I don't know. I have to, I've never, I don't think I've, I can't think of an instance where we've had uh, it go that path. I mean, the board can choose to put something on, right? So I guess in that respect, a supervisor could bring something to the board and saying, hey, I want to, I'd like this to go through. Become like, yeah, I think there's, um, there's just probably a lot of specific government code. And even after 22 years, I know enough about a lot of different things, but I don't know it all for sure. I'm a generalist, and I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking. I'd say now I don't think we can do that, but it seems like I it could would be, be wrong. crazy if they could just bring something forward and yeah. push it through. At least with the signatures, you have a general idea that some of the public is behind it. Yeah, I mean, I think we, if we, I think we can do. There's certain things within our capacity that we could do, like maybe changing the dwelling. You know, I mean, there's there's process we can go through, but. It's so funny when you just ask them. I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess a supervisor could. I don't know. I think a supervisor could probably bring something to us, and if the board agreed to put it on the ballot, I've never, I have not experienced it. And so if something does go through. You know, so anyone who's listening is, yes, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen, <laughs> and maybe they have, and sometimes they haven't, and boy, I can't answer that. Yeah, that's just life. Yeah. Nobody has all the answers. But yeah. in that, so say this TOT tax goes through and the public changes sentiment or is more vocal about their sentiment and they want to pull that back. What's the process for pulling something back? Is it harder to get it undone once it is done? You know, it all, um, to be honest, I don't know how this one is structured. When I was at the city, I mean, we had, um, sometimes we, we had put taxes in measure O, I don't, whatever those whatever they were called back in the day and you would put a sunset time on it and and then for those kind of things you would have a hearing prior to that and go do we want to try to con do we want to continue this tax uh some have no sunset on it in the case like that then um it would either i think being initiated by the board or perhaps a petition in the community to you know um bring an item that would end that tax and then in some places, um, I think at the city, and there might have been one of these with the county too, where there was a specific tax that, okay, a, a tax was put on, but there was also language on the same ballot for take away a different tax. You know, so you can have, you can, because your needs are going to change. Some, you know, road tax, a lot of communities, um, 
do road taxes. Uh, the county, no, not the county thing. Yeah, I think it was the county, or was it the city of Eureka? There was one not so long ago that failed, I think the city, just by a bit. And um, because it's one of those you need to get the two-thirds vote on. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I could see, I could see, you know, like more road taxes coming forward in, in our cities and counties, you know, because that's one that people really want. I mean, that's that's kind of how you have to do it to raise the taxes to get something, and something like that is specifically towards roads. The state did that, and I can't remember the initiative, one um, A or something, that uh, was strictly for roads, and so we all get a little bit of that. Not it enough. seems like it's almost like this beast that you just have to continually feed either through <laughs> raising taxes or, or by whatever means because it just keeps growing, right? You appoint a new position or you right. do a new subcommittee or you do these things. and Oh, well, now we have to raise taxes to be able to afford that. Yeah, you know, not so much for the subcommittees and stuff. I mean, I, I think it's usually for – same with this, um, this item for the TOT – that one was much of it was driven by COVID and just the challenges. A lot of the um, a lot of the community that that is focused, you know, I mean, that brings tourism, and I think that's where a lot of the conversation started on that. But you know, for most things, we try to just depends what what it is. Sometimes there's dollars you can find okay, in what, the general fund if you have it. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, we are in a position where we don't really have as good an idea of our dollars, what we have available that we should. And so right now it's, it's, um, we have to be a little extra careful that we don't, uh, well, something might be a wonderful idea. It's like, you know, you don't want to, um, promise money that you don't have. Anyway, it's an interesting system. It sounds like it. Well, and it's you try to explain it. It doesn't even make any sense to me half the time. It's like, dang, this is a lot of, you know, process. And it's all process. But it's really hard to explain. And like I said, sometimes I shake my head and just think, I don't know if that was the best idea. You know, um, you know could we have structured things differently? And often I think we look at things in the rearview mirror and go, all right, could have done it differently. And I think that's the same with initiatives. Because you get, you know, you send something out, get language, you do polling, sounds great. It doesn't always turn out so well when you do take it to the ballot. So when one of those moments happens where something goes through and you're like, damn, we, sh we could have structured that a little bit differently. Does that ever get reworked? Oops. Or it's almost like it's gone through and now we have all these other things we have to focus yeah. on. Um, How do we take time to go back? Something like uh, a ballot takes a, quite a bit of work. I mean, you pretty much have to go back to the voters. Um, I mean, measure, and I'm not, a, so especially since my uh, computer broke this morning, I'm not an expert on, like, on Measure S. You know, I know there was legal challenges. Uh, I think we could have done some things differently. I've worked, you know, worked, I think, through that. We have, you know, moving forward in a direction. Give people a process you know, to get money back. So, and not everybody's been asking for it back, which 
that's nice, but you know, I, I don't, I don't count on that forever. But in this case, we'll be bringing something back to the public to help clarify and make it um, a better, something to explain the intent better, I think. But that takes time to put together. So yeah, you can realize you could have done things differently. Unfortunately, you have to go through this whole other process to take it back and get it, you know, when you have, with the voters. So it's, uh, it will take some time, but it's, uh, that's just kind of how you have to remedy something that is voted in. I didn't make up the system. <laughs> is it hard <laughs> explaining that to just the general public, how complicated uh, the whole well, thing yeah. is? Well, I mean, obviously, like I said, I'm a generalist. I, you know, I know a lot about, a little about a lot, but certainly um, know where I fall short. And uh, explaining this situation, it's like, okay, I need the attorneys. I need somebody who can really walk me through this. I mean, I'm, I tell people, like, when they ask me questions, it's like, you know, I don't think I should answer that because I could be wrong. And send me an email. And I love it when I get emails that are really specific because then I can go out and send it to the district department heads or the whoever's, whoever gives me those answers so I can make sure I get someone the right answer. I don't do really – I'm always concerned about going off the cuff when it's something I really – I think I know, but I don't want to say it if I'm, you know, just uh, – likely to find out that I could have been really wrong. I'd, I'd rather just say in the beginning, I don't know that answer. I can find out. How's that? That's a good spot to be <laughs> in. I just learned it's safer than thinking I know the answer and saying something and then having to go back and say, uh, I was wrong. I don't mind saying I was wrong. I prefer trying to not be wrong. But Was that a hard learned lesson? You know, I think so. I, I think, um, you know, I think it's it's hard for a lot of people from the standpoint. And how do I say it? Um, I don't want to make it, you know, about being a woman in office. But I think I think there. I found in letter Bonnie Neely was the supervisor prior to me, and when she, I found all these papers in her office, you know, going through things, she did this great talk on being a, a an elected woman in the nineties. And it hasn't really changed a lot with just dealing the interactions often between women seen differently than men are seen, you know, and, and it's, uh, it was hard coming in and well, you know, it's hard to ask for help. It's hard to say, I really don't know what's happening here. Can you tell me? And it's hard to say, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say I was wrong. You know, um, because you want to think, you want to go in and you don't want to ask for help. You you want to just soldier through on your own. And then I think what happens is it wears on people over time. And, you know, I, I just had some people say, you know, there's nothing wrong with not knowing everything. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, accepting help. And, and so it was hard to get used to saying I, I didn't know that, but, but I think now it's just like, it's part of life. You don't know everything. You don't do everything right. Uh, and sometimes I think I'm perfectly right on something. I'm, and maybe I'll find out later I'm not. And do I like to then say, hmm, I was wrong. It's like, no, it's not exactly my favorite, 
but I say it often because I find out that I life is full of um, moments where you, if you if you don't have moments where you recognize you could have done some things better or you did something a little that wasn't actually in the um, how you thought it was going to turn out. There's nothing wrong with the saying, yeah, kind of messed up on that one. So, you know, it's, it is hard. It's uncomfortable, though. And I think, I think uh, it's something that you kind of have to sur- surrender to, which sounds kind of dumb, probably. But it's like, you know, done with trying to be perfect. It does not, it doesn't happen. So. I think that's an important thing that a lot of people don't realize is that admitting that is, that's actually a strength. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you don't admit it, then I mean, you're, you're denying yourself the opportunity to, one, learn. Because if you don't, yeah, I'm not saying I like those learning moments. but Oh, they're hard. They're, they are. And they're embarrassing sometimes. And they're, and you know, it's some of them you just really want to, and it's not government. It could be anything, right? You, you could be, you could tell your spouse, you could make a statement that something is absolutely positively the way it is and then it's not and you're gonna you know it's like oh man i gotta go and say i was wrong it could be something simple i remember this is what always comes to mind whenever i get on a subject like that i had a buddy of mine and we were maybe freshmen in high school and we were talking about arnold schwarzenegger and i was convinced that he was short i was convinced he was like five four and i stood was next to him i yeah he i don't know where's lifters in his i don't shit. know where i got that idea from and i was arguing with my buddy i was like no no he's not tall he's super short and then i think somebody googled it and i was like oh shit yeah he's actually pretty tall he's like six six something maybe but he yeah. was way taller than five four and i was like oh yeah well yeah know, it's uh yeah but you need those moments and I think yeah. those show those show your character in a very authentic way. And I would imagine that being in a public space like you are, those moments are harder, but yeah. they're also more important. Because if you can be honest in that moment and say, hey, we messed up, or hey, this didn't exactly go how I thought it was going to go, I think the public can trust you more. Because then you're, you're a reliable source. You're not just covering up your mistakes and just going to... We're not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody is, and everybody recognizes that. But nobody wants to own up to it when they make the mistake, when they are imperfect. You know, I think I think our board is pretty good. I mean, do we all think we're right often? Yes, of course. <laughs> and we can't all be right. But, you know, I, I think I've heard everyone, um, you know, Rex, Supervisor Bone, everyone knows him as Rex. You know, I mean, it's, it's like when you live in this little community, you know, he'll say when he, he's... He might say a lot of other stuff, you know, on the way, but, you know, he would say if he found out he was wrong. I, I Supervisor Bushnell, I think she would do the same. And I think both uh, those supervisors, Wilson and Madrone, could do it. I mean, it's – I can't think of examples necessarily, but I'd like to think that we all, to some extent, um, have the ability to step back and go, Yeah. You might have been right on that one, but I could be wrong. I like to give the benefit of the doubt. You know, um, it's it's interesting being chair in the Zoom age has been not not exactly like it was beforehand. It's been, you know, trying to get a, a cast of characters 
especially when we were not in the same rooms. You know, when they say herding cats, it it had nothing, no comparison. It was even crazier. But but I think now that we're in the room together, uh, things seem to be gelling a little bit more. It's still you know getting used to it. But but I do think that we've everybody that we've got has that ability to to step back and say, yeah. Now, did they do it publicly? I don't know. I think that public aspect is important. Yeah. I think it really is. Because I think if the public... I mean, I, one of the things I was pondering while watching that Board of Supervisors meeting was how many people are actually tuning into these. Because it's that... I mean, most people are working 9 to 5. And right. it's Tuesday, 9 to 5. How many people actually get to see those meetings and, and see what's actually going on in the inner workings of the county? You know, you'd be amazed. A lot. Um, I don't know how often they get rerun, rerun, rerun on public access. Um, Humboldt access, access Humboldt. Must be Sunday. I can't talk. Um, but people watch them at all hours of the day. You know, I'll used to be a joke, and they say, "Oh, I was watching you last night." I'm going, it's, it's like a Wednesday, you know. And oh, he, you know, you went back to sleep. You were. <laughs> we hoped you go to sleep. What? What are you doing? You're watching it in the middle of the night. But people, people do watch. And, um, and during, uh, especially with specific issues, obviously, um, and in, it was interesting with, um, total zoom, uh, the character of, I mean, not character, the, um, the number of people tuning in was huge. I mean, we can't see it on our, you know, we only get to see who the panelists are and then we can see whoever's in the calling queue. But what we're finding on these really big issues is that people were calling other people to say, "Hey, watch, you know, watch this." And so, so some some of the things we had over forty people commenting on specific items, you know. So it, and that way, you know, there are a lot of people watching for their specific issue that they really care about. But as far as the general viewership, um, I know we have a few regular viewers. And, uh, but yeah, I, it's kind of weird without Zoom now. I mean, well, even with Zoom, we didn't know actually how many were watching, but. Do you guys put them out online at all? Yeah. It's just, yeah. oh, you do. In fact, if you go to our website, it'll, you can go to the video archives. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. And I think they, they do live time too. Well, yeah, you'll probably watch it on Lifetime. Yeah. I didn't watch, see yeah. you there, so. <laughs> well, I, actually, I wouldn't have noticed you. Well, I actually might have. I, would say, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, like I might ever. have sat in the back and just kind of. I do want to go to one now that they're back in person just to, to see. It was cool watching it on Tuesday. Yeah, it's been it's it's been taking a little getting used to. Um, and Zoom was really hard, too, in the beginning where and nobody was in the room together. And, you know, you miss those social cues or the body language. It makes a difference. It makes a really big difference. And so, you know... Like you can't tell when someone's done with their question or with what they're saying. And, you know, supervisors would be upset because, you know, if they, you know, you take a breath, you take a pause. And it's like, okay, supervisor next. And it's like, uh oh, sorry, go back over here. And, and it's just like, that's another thing. I mean, I'm not perfect at all in, in chairing and in how the meetings go. I mean, it's every day is a new adventure and Zoom has made it even more so. I just do the best I can to conduct traffic, basically. That's how I kind of look at it at times. How much of a different experience is it being the board chair versus just being 
a regular member. That's funny. During Zoom, I can tell you the difference was, how do I say this in a good way? When you're chair, you can't take a restroom break. You just, you know, run really fast and turn off the screen. Because you're running the show. Yeah. And, cause, and you don't know if someone's, you know, is there, they got to talk their whole three minutes. And um, so with Zoom, it was hard to learn where to take breaks. And so um, chairing is, is the Zoom was um, interesting to get used to. I mean, I sat, I, I couldn't believe, you know, and you're sitting in one place for that whole time. Don't take breaks because people can, you know, it's, it's, so it's, that was hard. Um, not being able to see when people, like I said, are done talking or the visual cues or someone called in instead of, you know, they're like on video. It's, it's, it was harder. It's much harder to try to kind of, um, see who went to talk first, you know, I mean, the little hand up was always great supervised there may be one supervisor that didn't like that little function and almost never raised his hand that way and so you know i don't know you don't want to, i know don't know you want to talk if i don't know you know i mean so it was really hard it was a different process and it was for people it was tedious i think and and i felt like i was always playing the bad guy and um you know or cut somebody off when i didn't mean to or trying to gain gain clarity of you know where are we going with this? You know, it's, uh, it's been interesting. Do you feel like when you, assuming this role in politics, do you feel like you're automatically just put into that category of the bad guy? Depends. (laughs) You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, what's the phrase? I'm, you know, we're the government. We're here to help. It's like, yeah, nobody believes that generally. Uh, I don't think so. I think overall, People give us the benefit of the doubt, but there are certain areas where we are definitely seen as the villains, no matter what we do. And I mean, sometimes I, I don't read what's online because quite, I, quite frankly, it's not good for my health. It's healthier um, that way. But I have people, you know, send me the screenshot or send me this audio. And I said, okay, you tell me what it says, because I'm not going to look at, I'm not going to watch. I do not need my blood pressure to get high. I mean, I understand people don't necessarily like me or like whatever I do, but it's not, they don't say it that way. They say it in ways that are really Ways mean. they wouldn't say to your face. Most likely. And I oh, think. Oh, I would guess you might have some people <laughs> that actually would say it to your but, face. Um, but I think during Zoom that, that the feeling of anonymity. That's a weird of people, power people Yeah, have. it, it, uh, it got, you know, and it you can get into your head. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like, all right, there, there's. Some, someone or some people who think this is who I am. I meet with anybody, uh, you know, if they haven't asked to meet with me, you know, I can't even, they don't know who I am. Right. And in fact, I actually, um, some of our comment, uh, commenters are frequent commenters during uh, the COVID. Um, I met with three of them individually, wonderful people, had lunch, had coffee, uh, you know, talked their, you know, philosophies and, I can't say, you know, we necessarily agreed on in believing the same things there, but you find other things like two of them are really animal lovers. We have cats, you know, and, and so, you know, you find ways for, for me, it's like when you get a chance to talk to someone who thinks you're the bad person, you can find other things that you, you may have in common. Sometimes you're not going to find anything, but, but, um, I learn more and, you know, I, I tell people, it's like, I will have coffee with anybody. 
send you know send me an email let's get together call me I won't get I guess I I have given out my phone multiple times but you know I and I think we're all like that I think we're all willing but if someone just decides to vilify somebody not maybe not one of us could be staff could be another governmental person somewhere else you know in the city it's like if you don't take the time to actually try to get to you know still you may still have the very same opinion after you talk to somebody and but you try you know it's uncomfortable but i'd much i'd much rather have somebody at least get to meet me and then if they still want to say what they're saying okay fine do you get a lot of hateful comments online i get i've gotten many interesting comments through the years it's not just now um I get more things that I think where people characterize me as they try to, it's more character assassination, I guess you'd call it. And that they, and I think people just do that or they make assumptions or they're like, just they're, if they're not positive comments, uh, what's worse is when you get, and I haven't looked at these recently, but there'd be ones that comment on people's appearance, like, you know, horse face. It's like, well, okay, I got, I guess I have a horse face. I don't know. I never really thought about it, but dang, I don't know if that, I don't think that was a compliment, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know, and then people don't use their names. So it's, the anonymity has caused people to be more free-flowing with either totally um, hard to believe things you read or, you know, that you know about yourself. It's like, well, no, but. I just, you can't take anything at face value anymore. No, it used to, and I, it used to, I mean, literally, it, it was probably just a couple of years ago when I finally thought, I don't have to go down that rabbit hole. And um, and that might be one of the, the things, you know, good things about, you know, I'm sad to leave the job. I, I really enjoy it. There's a lot of big issues this year. So I'm, what I realize is campaigning is, it's like a full-time job and I'd rather spend my time on my actual job, but you know, I realize now it's like, I think people, I'll go back to I'm not trying, I'm sure men have this happen to them too, but I think a lot of times people are more cruel to what they say about women. And I think we just kind of have to learn that it doesn't define who we are, that's somebody's rude opinion, or they're just trying to get it under our skin. Um, so now it's when I'm out of office, I'm thinking, so will that all of a sudden stop or somehow am I <laughs> so um, I, I think being out of that uh, that piece of the limelight I would like to think that a lot of that you know I'm not going to be that worried about social media anymore because I'm not going to be one of the um, I'm not going to be a headliner there is that weird weird sentiment right where you especially in campaigns but just online that people in regards to women they definitely target looks that is one of the go-tos when you're just slinging shit. They just go for your lungs. Yeah. And they don't – I don't know if they don't do that to men or it's just not as much. Maybe it doesn't cut as deep. Yeah. Somebody... I think, I remember one time uh, – and I won't say who the commenter was and they'll probably if – they, if they're listening to this, they'll might remember, recognize it. But it was during COVID and he said something like, Oh, you look like you've been drugged through a knot hole. And whatever I said, and he said something about my hair. I said, you know, I worked a hard, I worked hard on that, that look, you know, it's like all I just fine. Yeah. It's because I have to deal with some people that make me feel like I've been drugged through a knot hole times. But, but I thought, 
why are you talking about how my 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 hair is and my it's like do you say that to rex <laughs> have you asked him does he get no i i i've 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 just learned to try to yeah. not even uh, respond to those or even request i just when i responded it's like well thank you i really worked hard for that look have you noticed that a majority of those come from men or is it because it's oh, anonymous, I think, you can't... I think, you know, I go, well, the anonymous is really hard to tell, but, you know, I think, I think it comes from women, too. I mean, we all, I would say we're not, we're not perfect. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe the assumptions are, it, it could be just the assumption that it's more like we're blaming the men, and I don't want to be a, a man blamer, but um, I know that one in specific was... Whoever wrote the horse face, I did never figure that one out. Who it was? They're probably if they're still listening. That the... <laughs> Those people that do that, that comment online, they're never happy. They're never somebody you would want to emulate, or somebody who is successful in personal relationships or in their life. It's always some sad person that's just lashing out. That's what I've yeah. realized. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but still, you know, I think there's, there's, it's not, it's. It's pretty easy to let things get under your skin for a while. And, I mean, it still hurts. I mean, I'm not saying if somebody says something and I hear about it, I'm just like, ouch. But You still feel a little tinge even after all yeah, these Yeah, I do. You know, um, it's funny. People say you have to have thick skin. And I think I've always had the adage that if you get if you're thin, if you get thick skin and you don't care anymore, then you really don't belong here anymore. I mean, because I, I think part of, for me, being part of being elected is still maintaining my humanity and who I am. And that means having a sense of knowing this, ouch, that was inappropriate. That's why I just don't look. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, there's some to expect. I, I, I still have my, my comments, um, for my first year as mayor, I kept a lot of the books of people that called in with different comments or issues. I oh, by the way, I apologize. Anyways, I am so far behind on my voicemail. So I'm that is my worst thing right now. I got my emails down to four. I was pretty excited. But um, I, that is the one place that I definitely need improvement and I'm bad at lately. So I don't like to admit that, but it is true. But in the days before I had all these notes, I look back and a lot of the issues are still the same. You know, some of the people are still the same. Some of them, a lot of them have passed away, but we still have some of the same commenters. That's 22 years of, you know, these folks being involved in watching what's happening in government. And that's good. Right. And, but it's funny. Um, there's some UFOs, you know, every once in a while surfaced there. We still have that, you know, there was a lot of the same issues, whether it's roads, homeless, I don't think there was as much in a, like the addiction issues and that 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 part, but um, it's really interesting how through the years, while things seem really different, they're still very much um, rooted in a lot of the same same issues that they were twenty years ago, twenty two, twenty one and three quarters. Is it just those are the hardest issues to try to make an impact on? Or the ones that are most in somebody's face, I think, might be. Sometimes I, before I, um, every month I, I 
remove a little bit more out of my office each day or each month and look through these things. And I think um, that'll be one of the things I, I focus on one of these months is just looking at, okay, what do I really see that is still a theme that has carried on? And what, what used to be a thing that isn't anymore? You know, um, yeah, Supervisor Bone wanted my office. He said he wanted me out so he could paint it before I left. And I've, you know, anyway, no. I'm telling him that. No, no, Rex, no. I feel like he's trying to get rid of me already, but. But yeah, little by little, you know, I'm taking my stuff out and I'll be looking at those things and go, well, what was it like back then and what's different? And realistically speaking, I'm not sure how um, unbiased I can be in looking at, you know, you know, so I, if, well, talking now, I'm going, I think I know how things have changed, but I really need to take a good hard look because I think it kind of indicates where we are as a community. Do you have any regrets about your 22 years? <laughs> uh, well, probably. I'm not sure. I don't have any regrets about serving. Have I done things I would have done differently? Yes, definitely. Um, and I never would have ran in the first place. It was kind of on a, it was an accident. I, I still, it was, it was just not anything I ever wanted to do, you know. Um, That's funny hearing you say that. Nah, it's like, well, cause 22 I'm, years later. Well, my dad was on, um, the board of supervisors, the same, same district. Your dad was. Yeah. Wow. And he did one term and he hated it. Um, and you thought, sign me up. No, no I was, I was, I, I saw the pictures. Um, my mom passed away, I don't know, seven months ago and going through a lot of the pictures. And I saw all these pictures of all of his fundraising and, you know, I'm like there and I'm in sixth grade and I'm absolutely miserable, making him absolutely miserable. And I, I saw friends of his years later. I mean, while I was an adult saying, well, you were miserable. You were, I won't say what they called me, but I just thought it was a stupid job. Nobody would want this job. Why would anybody want this? And I, you know, I made it, I said, I'd never do that job. And, you know, that was, that was 74, 1974 or whatever. And yeah, I started getting involved in a lot of organizations like the Restaurant Association, Chamber of Commerce, my Kiwanis group. And, uh, so I started being around it more, and I just remember at the time, they were trying to, some people were asking me to run against this, a city council member. And I made this silly comment of, well, you know, if that was my ward, I would, but I'm over in Jim Cupton's ward, and, and he's he's running, you know? And so I had nothing, I had nothing to worry about, right? Because he was running. And uh, so it was easy to say, oh, yeah, if it was my district, I, I you know, I would, but I don't live in the right place for that. And then one day I got a call after I left Kiwanis and I remember the voice and I know who it is now, but they didn't even say who they were. And all they said was, Jim's not running. Are you going to run? And I actually just, I said, uh, yeah, you know, what did I just do to myself? My, 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 my husband didn't know my mother, who was my boss had no idea, but if I had gone home and thought about it and not just made that real impetuous uh, answer, I probably wouldn't have done it. So I have to think, you know, in some ways that that uh, it was an accident that I got started in the path. And, uh, yeah, an accident 22 years later. It's been a pretty good, it's been a pretty good career. 
So. And it was just off the cuff like that. Yeah. Just well, and call. yeah, and because I, I had actually spoke to this the person that was my city council member because I used to deliver um, produce to the restaurant, and I was he was running. I had no worries that he, you know, I I could say, oh yeah, I'd run. And then uh, it was like someone calling a bluff, right? And it was a, uh, it was just really kind of a surprise. And um, like I said, that first race, it was all just actually very good and everyone was really nice to each other and it was just people trying to you know bring different ideas to be elected and um or ideas they could bring to the city and uh, it's definitely changed since then where there's a lot more um bit here all negativity it hasn't been too bad this election season which i'm finding i mean mostly <laughs> i'd like and i'd like to see it that way i think that's the best that's the best approach and the local is we're all here just trying to do the job and we care about our community. But yeah, now I'm looking at what do I do now? I'll be looking for work. I, uh, if anyone's listening <laughs> uh, eight months from now, I'm available. I'm uh, friends with Haley Lamb. I'm not sure if you know yeah, who she is. Yeah, love she's Haley. amazing. And, oh, and her dad, her whole family. Yeah, all good. she's amazing. She was telling me about how she, when she was running, it was it was. It got pretty brutal. Yeah, pretty, yeah. I think pretty hard. In fact, I think we had Haley and a couple other ladies at the house uh, who were running, and some of them were running against each other. But we were talking about, you know, there there was definitely some kind of angry targeting of uh, of hateful things, you know, towards people, and and uh, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm trying to think, I ran into her not that long ago too, though. She's always moving. She's always doing something. Yeah, she is. So prior to you saying, yeah, I'm going to run, did you have any political experience or anything? No. No. I, you know, I. I'm guessing close... you were still working at the restaurant at oh, that yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I, I, we, we've sold the restaurant in 2014. So I worked. I... Oh, oh, I didn't realize it was that recent. Well, no. Not, well, not right. recent. 2008. But... I'm oh, sorry. Okay. It's been 14 years though. Sorry. My math is a Sunday. I was wrong. <laughs> but, um, but still, you know, through my, uh. You know, I guess the political, what I saw in politicals, I was involved in the Restaurant Association. And so I was on the state board, which was really cool because it was like this huge group. And you had people that own like franchises or the entire Lowry's chain, you know. And then you got these little mom and pop people. So it was really an interesting experience. But we did a lot of the lobbying where we'd go. And I just, I mean, I was not a real like pushy I, I was watching other people that i mean i just saw some i looked as like this one restaurant owner in reading one time i won't use any names or the name of the restaurant but he was like going after one this like an assembly person and i'm kind of going he said what oh he said that oh can you do that <laughs> you know i was just like i can't believe what i'm hearing um so that was my first introduction to anything that was like political but i did uh get involved in more of the um you know, restaurant-specific issues. Like back then, there was smoking, making smoking sections or making smoking not allowed in restaurants. You know, so, I mean, it was an interesting time politically, but not locally. Um, I really didn't do a lot of local... I didn't think even I thought about local politics. I mean, I knew... I used to get so nervous when I'd wait on, like, the mayor when when Nancy Fleming would come in for dinner or, you know, more, you know, Fred Moore before that or, you know, just... I would just, I used to get so nervous when I'd wait on a supervisor. And it was kind of funny because I'm going, 
we're just regular people. Now I, I know this, but at the time I just was, was um, like, always made me nervous. Like I had some kind of like celebrity and, and that's like, I had the wrong, that was a wrong impression, but it was funny. And when I was mayor, um, I liked it because people used to come in so they could have the mayor wait on them. It's like, okay, that's... That you were the mayor and still working at the oh, restaurant? Oh, yeah. We did, oh, wow. Um, and then we decided when we sold the restaurant in 2008, because my mom was, you know, dad had died back in 86, and she was done with it. And myself and my ex-husband had run it for many years. And then, um, but it was like... When we decided to close, we gave our we let everybody know and our staff like a year in advance because we wanted everyone to be able to get if they wanted to go to school, get training or whatever. So it was a long process. But um, and then so for a year or so after that, I worked with Eli Lilly as a pharmaceutical sales rep, which was a really interesting experience and one I thought was going to be a lot of fun. And it was um, it's when I learned learned working for corporate is a is different and uh it was it was not the glamorous job that it looked like it was going to be and it was a lot of work and uh I was really happy when they had a big conference call with thousands of us saying that something was com coming off patent and we had an opportunity to leave and get like a, a severance or get or get you know let go later so I thought okay that was a nice experience <laughs> glad I'm out of it. And the timing is perfect to run for supervisor. So, I mean, I just had, kept having these things, but, but as far as political interests before, you know, city, it was like just involved in the chamber of commerce and watched some of the local stuff. But I, yeah, it wasn't something I thought I'd do. It's funny how life works out like that. I know. And it's really bad when another, another, um, another time in my life, often where I've actually said this about this certain situation is I was wrong when I, you know, when I said that I'd never run for office and when I was in my twenties and how stupid that job was. And yeah, guess a surprise. Yeah. Right. 22 years. That's crazy. Yeah. And you liked it. You enjoyed everything. Yeah. I, you know, for the most part, I mean, Ups and downs. it's, and it's, it's stressful and there's a lot of, a lot weighing on a lot of the decisions. I mean, there's, I think some people have um, it in their mind and it's not, not about me, but about when we come to a meeting, we already know what we're going to vote. And, uh, and I don't think what they realize is when we're in there, we hear different information. I mean, first you go in and you're probably going, well, this is what I know kind of think I'm over here, but I don't know for sure. And I remember one time, I, I didn't even know what the issue was, but the city of Eureka um, in some of my earlier days. And I remember going in feeling pretty confident that I knew where, where, where I thought I would go with this, an issue. And there was some public comment that was made that made me have to step back and go, okay, that changes the situation and um and i think people get the wrong impression that, that that we do go in saying hey this is just how i'm gonna vote it's like sometimes you hear something and you're going okay i can't vote where i was originally thinking i was going to go um i had someone recently that was upset about um we had an item come to us 
regarding a lot line adjustment, and it's a, it's a cannabis item, which always gets lots of uh, interest. And while the staff was saying, well, you know, we can't do this because it clearly does not meet these requirements on here. And I'm going, going into the meeting, I'm going, okay, well, it sounds like this, there's no reason to be here. And then hearing the person talk on the other side, and then the staff, I kept hearing something here that was not jiving with here on where they were getting their information from. And I, I, and I said, uh, can you guys take a break and like, can we, can you just talk and see where you guys are on this fundamental, there's a fundamental difference in where you guys are both coming from. And I don't think we're talking about the same thing. And so they took a break and after discussion, you know, our staff said, you know, we want to bring this item back because we, we want to reconsider what we've heard. And, and, um, someone was like not happy with me. They said, you know, we really, you didn't, we didn't wanted you. We didn't wanted you. There you go. That's some good English. We didn't want you to bring this back. Uh, you sh why didn't you support X or whatever? And I said, well, you know, the reason I couldn't vote on it that day is when I'm finding out that there's something lost in translation between the public person who's speaking on um, certain language that they're saying, well, we fit all of these requirements and staff saying another thing, I can't make a decision when I have that hesitancy of like, well, we don't have the same information. They're not working from the same thing here. And so sometimes things like that happen. And, and, and it's like, yeah, it looked really clear in the staff report. It looked really like open shut case if you were going to look at what's just within the law. But um, but sometimes things come up and you just have to, sometimes you vote a different way than you thought you originally were. Or like in this case, it was like, I think we got some information. We need to come back with a you know more complete picture. And uh, anyway, it's just it's 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 uh, it's hard to do that. It sure would be easy just to have moved through and voted and just got past an issue. But yeah, I, I think, and I think we'd all do that. It's just like it's a different way of making decisions when you have to do it all in the in the public view. What? You feel all... stupid sometimes. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. That's just part of life. Yeah. Un yeah. <laughs> Maybe stupid is the wrong word, but yeah. Uninformed or... Misinformed. Yeah. What was the situation, since we're on the topic of cannabis, what was the situation with the illegal cannabis tax that the board pushed through? Well, it was not. I wouldn't call it illegal. It's funny. Um, Like I said earlier, I am not the cannabis expert. Measure S... Uh, was you know vetted through the process um and i can't remember i i know uh there was environmentalists and there was some um like most things like many things there was a lawsuit based on it and uh there i wish i had if i had director ford here um or if i had it written down but my best recollection is when the lawsuit came in and there was a lot of discussion about what was believed X and where we were from. I think there was a realization that, um, of a couple different things. Well, that we probably didn't have the things in there mirroring exactly what we wanted to do. And I can't, I can't, that's one of those. It's like, I certainly, I am not giving any specifics because I don't know. And it was one of those painful, um, things where we had to go through. Um, we've had to, 
uh, work on, you know, how to give people the opportunity to appeal and get dollars back. Um, and whatever the, the issue, the nut of the, what was not right in the ordinance, um, which was not, you know, caught at the time, that is what we have to fix now. And so we are planning that that'll go back to the voters, but, you know, so I don't, I don't think it's anything that we saw necessarily as illegal, but I'm not an expert one in, you know, ballot measures or especially in the cannabis, if that makes much sense. So it's, it was one of those processes where it's like, well, could we have done that differently? Could we have done better research? What did we miss? Uh, but you, you're stuck with it at this point. I mean, we are stuck with finding a way and it's been very expensive, right. To fix it. But we also, you know, gave us an opportunity to work with um, uh, a couple organizations uh, and, and some of the environmental folks to also help use the money better and offer dollars, you know, for mitigation. And But like I said, I, I, if I were to go and be able to get the research to bring to you, I could speak more knowledgeably. All I know is it's, it's one of those things where lawsuit comes up. We came out on the losing side and, you know, people, they want to say it's illegal. They can call it illegal. I don't think it was an intentional thing. And it's one of those that we take our, you know, make culpas and we move on from there, fix it as best we can. It was a costly mistake and we fix it. Was but, that a mistake as a result of just trying to push, push it through or as a result no, of I don't, staff I don't. negligence or? You know, I, I would be reluctant to pin it on anything. I mm -hmm. think, I think we went through, you know, it feels like it's been a long time ago now, but we went through a process. We got it and did the same process we would do with our own other initiatives and where this one fell down, you know, I can't specifically tell you cause I could be very much wrong. Cause it's like, there's so many things we, we get sued, like I said, for a lot. And so I, I think, you know, we believed we were in the right you know, it came out the other way that we weren't. So it's not like I don't think we, in, I really don't think anyone intentionally goes, okay, this is illegal. So let's, let's see, let's take it to the voters. It's like, no, we try to not do that because then you get sued. Hence why we try to be careful when this stuff happens. But is that, <laughs> it's one of those, that's a really good one to have uh, Rex talk about. Rex, I'll have to read. I got to get a little more informed on that. Yeah, me too. Myself. Well, I mean, from that, my standpoint, you know, it's nothing we can change now, right? So to me, it's good to look back and go, okay, well, where did we fall down on that? And, you know, it's not in my specific wheelhouse where I could, like, roll Point everything out to you and say what it is. But I recognize that, you know, it was um, something we could have done better. We're paying we're paying for that for not, um, and we're trying to fix it. So Hearing you say that the county gets sued a lot, is that normal for counties? Because oh, that's yeah. kind of, that's normal. Okay. Because I heard that and it kind of freaked me out. I was like, I don't know if that's a good Isn't, thing. Well, it, it depends, you know. I mean, cities get a lot of it. You know, people trip and fall um, on sidewalks, things like that, dog bites, you know. I mean, so some of it are things that just come with the... The territory. Well, and, you know, sidewalks, people kind of forget the sidewalks actually, the homeowner's responsible. Which I didn't know that. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah and, and most people don't. And so you get a lot of things like that. Um, we have counties that um, counties have so many different functions. There's a lot of different uh, areas to get sued. I mean, there's people that 
that may sue over a board decision or what, you know, I mean, you've got that. You've got um, things that happen with uh, child welfare services. You know, there's people that have different, you know, um, it'd be fun sometime to actually, if I could get uh, something from county council that kind of lists not the specific cases, but the broad variety, because we get these litigation updates every month that are just going, I didn't know that was happening. Huh? What's that about? You know, and and um, actually, if I can find out if that's because I don't know if that's attorney client privileged, but um, if I can, if I can find out if I mean, it just be very it's fascinating reading. It's and it, but it lets you know just how many things have been working through the court system, um, in the jail. You know, somebody somebody gets hurt in the jail, you can get sued. Uh, in a psychiatric facility, you know, it's 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 just like it's the government is, you know, county government spans a lot of different areas at city. It was a shock to my system. I'll put it that way. You're responsible does, for a whole lot more, and it's a, a big county. Does that come out of the general fund then? The uh, the money to pay for yeah, like know, a retainer for an attorney? Probably some. I mean, there's some funds. Uh, there's insurance that covers. A good portion of, of some of it, but there's definitely um, dollars that come out, I think, general fund for litigation. And I guess the other thing, and trying not to give people ideas, but any type of government, what I think happens is that you find a lot of lawsuits settling because it's less expensive than actually going through the cost of actually getting something somewhere is like astronomical there was a years ago um and i only got that at the very end of the 2b ranch i mean there was this thing that one court found x then the other court overturned it and then the other court overturned it and i mean so by the time i got there when i first started it was i don't know how many lawsuits later and um it was about some illegal subdivision of oh, land. okay i was trying to figure out what that was and i mean it's still i just remember going okay so Here's one answer that came through the courts, but then someone didn't like that answer, so then they appealed it. And then it gets appealed to this court over here, and then it goes back over to this court. And so you, these things just they take on a life of their own. And that was one of the ones that I, at first, was like, how did it get to where it is now? Um, but I think you see a lot of situations where, um, I mean, it's really, litigation is very expensive, even for some of the most simple Things that seem like you're kidding me. Somebody's fight suing over what? But. Would most of the litigation against the county, in your opinion, would it come from those external sources like the jail or like somebody suing over tripping or or oh, does gosh. most of it come from board decisions? Um. Oh no, not. I mean, are there some with board decisions? Probably. Um. A lot of it is something that has happened totally externally from what what we're doing. Um. It's, uh, like I said, it's, I can understand if it comes, <laughs> some of I mean, because we make decisions and they make sometimes people really happy and sometimes really not happy. And uh, being sued for is unfortunately part of it. Yeah. Or the, there's always a, the possibility of it. But uh, I think majority is things that we don't even necessarily, you wouldn't even think about, you know, like I said, hurting oneself on public property. That I mean, we have a lot of facilities. That probably you know happens. I probably yeah. Do not go out and get hurt. Now that I said this, uh, 
but I, I think comparatively speaking, a small number actually come through board action, but we have some, we have some pretty high level or um, not high level, highly visible items that we make decisions on. And in some cases it's almost expected, you know, that, that it's going to, no matter what way it goes, result. It feels like that. We're prepared, you know, I mean, and it's not endemic to just Humboldt County. I it's mean, it's not specific. It's, a, it's across government. That's a th- funny thing, or maybe not funny, but I think people think because Humboldt County is small and we have the issues of homelessness and all these other things, when you get into the state organizations and you talk with people, it's like most counties are going through, and not, not just the state and, you know, state organizations, but the supervisors, commissioners, whatever they want to call them in the different states across the nation have a lot of the same issues and it's always easier for us to go oh my gosh it's worse here than anywhere else and then you get in a room with these people and they go no it's worse where i live no it's worse where i live it's like oh my gosh we're complaining about who who has it worse how do you prove that yeah but um so it's humble county is not necessarily unique in that respect one of the things that i've heard about humble county in regards to local government is that there's a lot of pressure on the board from from members of the community with very deep pockets, to say it politically correct. And I would just want, not in reference to you no, but um, I just wanted to get your take on that. Well, it's interesting. Um, I think you could find that in all levels of government. And I suspect it's not just Humboldt County. Uh, I actually probably felt it a little bit more with city council uh, didn't mean that they were, I don't know if they want to say deep pockets. Because I mean, deep pockets can be, I mean, you got a lot of people who are litigious that have deep pockets, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and then more you got, so influential, I guess you could yeah, go that I, route. Yeah, I would think that. Well, I, I know there's this lot about calling about the good, boy, good old boy club. And, yeah. I, and I'm not a boy and somehow I'm, <laughs> I'm one of them. But I will say, you know, when you waited on people for 30 some years and you've known them your whole life and, you know, apparently... Apparently, just accidentally happens to you. I don't know, but but uh, you know, I I think there's always pressures. But I I think you have to look at it, it's like, say there's a development issue, and you might have you know someone can look at the situation, and go, well, you know these people who want to have this development, and their friends who benefit from that, they can apply pressure to try to get the vote they want. That same that same item, you can have people going, oh, the environmentalists, they're going to go after here and they can do a lawsuit because they'll sue over that or whatever. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, people define deep talk pockets are influential in different ways. And, and I think, I think, I think there's opportunities, um, no matter what part side of an issue you're on to have people that fit in that category. Um, I think there's a lot of emphasis on, uh, some of the ones that are like projects for, you know, like housing projects or we're going to have, well, maybe won't, I won't have the wind energy project on my plate. Had one before though, that kind of went sideways. And I'm um, like with that one, I don't, I don't remember, you know, I wouldn't say the influence that I think people use that as just an easy way to try to say that if they're, it's not going their way, they're going to blame it on somebody doing a favor for somebody else. 
That's what it kind of sounds like. But um, I haven't, I haven't had, uh, it's not like people approach me with bags of money. I always heard about that in other times. So it's like, hmm, does that really exist? <laughs> and no, I don't want to find out. That good old boys club, that sentiment has been very apparent in my in my research around different various political podcasts. Yeah. 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 Well, and like I said, I, I, I used to get upset by it. And it's like, you know, people will peg people in whatever hole they want to stick us in. You know, on like I said, it could be others are going, you know, good old boys. And then you got the environmental crazies, you know, I mean, and I'm not thinking that any of this is crazy or the, there's good old boys. It's just that people, people tend to pick sides. And um, maybe that's how it's, maybe it's not necessarily partisan here, like it's in left or right in these instances. It's almost like belief based. It's like, you know, uh, you have a lot of people on the board who have been in private business before. They might see this view over here. You know, you also have a couple or several, at least two, that are really knowledgeable in a lot of environmental areas. You know, and then Rex seems to know a lot of everything, a little bit a lot of everything, or at least it sounds like it. You know, we all, um, we all at times probably get stuck in those different categories of good old boys or you know, environmental to on to this side. And it's like, I think what we all really want to do is strike a balance, but community doesn't seem to care. The community wants to drive things, drive wedges and get people um, amped up at times. I think it's more fun that way. You can do more social media posts. I don't know. Get more clicks that way. Yeah. But um, it has funny or not funny. A lot of the folks that would have fit in the good old boy network have through the years, they're not here anymore, you know, and you've got a lot more women that are, are being somehow pegged into that hole. And it's just, we need to change the name. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's a, uh, it's not looked at it as a, uh, a sign of a, it's, it's not said as a sign of endearment, put it that way. Yeah, it's not. It's not yeah. a good thing when somebody throws out your name in reference to that club. Well, I, I think there's a lot of association, too, with who you know. And because you know people that might be seen in that light, it's like growing up here, as you did, and especially with my work in the restaurant, I know people from all walks of life. I know a lot of people in a lot of different you know types of businesses and Am I friends with a lot of them? Uh-huh. Do they come to us because they have an issue? It's like, not usually. Are, actually, I think it was more in the city where I'd get people. I had one guy who I don't think anybody, I don't even know if this person's around anymore. No no names on given, but I remember he called and he's like, I gave you $100. How did you vote for that? You know, this is during the election. And I go, here, here's your $100 back. You know, but it was like, that was the one person that really, and I thought, okay, you're kidding me, right? But there are, pe there are people that would do that. And I'm, I'm thankful that I really have, that was my, the one that I remember the most. And over such a small little thing, but but it was it was it was one of those moments where it was like, uh, thank you for your support when I ran. 
but my decisions are my decisions and you might not like them. Sorry. Yeah, that's a pretty blatant display. Of... No, that was funny. Yeah. I mean, I laugh at it now. He didn't, he, I, he's, I don't, if he, I don't, um, haven't seen him for a long time. I can guarantee, you know, he, he would not talk to me still, uh, but it's okay. It was, but it was over to me. That was such a, it was like, okay, that's the wrong idea of what government is, you know? Um, but yeah, people say a lot of things and I, I, I think it's just a small community. We all know each other. And maybe that's the bad the, thing. At the times. problem, yeah. Is it hard trying to balance those relationships, especially where you did grow up here and you grew up in the community and you've been in politics for so long? Is it hard trying to balance friendships where maybe they try to cross a line and say, "Hey, I, can you help me out with this?" You know, maybe just push I, it through a little bit. You know, I actually have. You know, maybe it's because I don't have. Um, I don't have a lot of like permits and stuff in my district and. I think maybe I have received more inquiries about, hey, can can you find out where this is in the payment process? You know, um, I've been really, I think I've been really fortunate. I can't think of many instances where someone has explicitly asked me what what happens like if someone, if I've got, I know someone's having an issue with a a permit or there's something going on. You know, I'll just pull a meeting together, but it's not a it's not up to me, you know, I'm not going to make staff do something. I mean, I keep hearing these, um, I have heard some things being said about uh, a couple supervisors, you know, shepherding certain things and pushing certain items. Um, I'm not involved in those specific areas. I'd like to think that they're just trying to help give direction because we do walk people through the process. Um, it would not. It's not appropriate for any of us to pressure staff to okay something. You know, do staff? Do I reach out to them sometimes and say, "Hey, can we figure out where we're off on this and see if there's a, if there is there a path forward?" But um, but I'm only can able to speak for myself. I don't have that. My district is, you know, mostly made up of the city of Eureka, with some in you know across the bay and Myrtle Town. So I, I have. I probably have less less um pressure in that way yeah i think so and because the majority i mean city of eureka is the governing body there but but i do get calls i get you know calls about you know can you help me with this and what i'll generally do is just they say issues of uh, neighbors having an issue that's i get a lot of that it's like my neighbors putting stuff in my right of way you know or we need a speed bump here we need a sign you know those are my kind of those are more of what I get. And, uh, you know, for things like that, it, a lot of it is just connecting people with, you know, public works or doing research to know, well, is there a way to get a stop sign here or whatever? So I'm, I think that's more of mine is dealing with um, people who are having disagreements with neighbors. We have a lot of that, actually. And um, I, I think I've got less project-focused. Project I, when it comes to cannabis... I'm thankful that I know, this sounds awful, I probably know the least on the board about cannabis specific. You know, I mean, I've, I've obviously been dealing with it on the board, at the board level, but um, when it comes to permitting and all that, you know, I, I go by, when it comes to us as an appeal, I learn as much as I can on that specific one and, and work my way through it. But 
I would not be the one to shepherd a project through anywhere on that. You know, it's just like, I am not your person for that. So, Did you get any of it as the mayor? Where you are a little more in- no, you know, it's with- funny. The mayor is not really... It's, it's no funny. power. Well, not much. It's like, oh, it's a very much, well, it's a very much on um, some ways, you know, I always think of it as the face. It's like the face of whatever city. Um, and, you know, the only vote you get is, well, I, actually, let me change. Some mayorships um, are more powerful. Uh, city of Eureka's, and I think all, probably all of our cities, our accounts are, are, are council mayor form or city manager form of government which is basically the city manager is more like the CEO. And and there's some places where mayors like Oakland, the mayor is a powerful person on is on his own, right? Or her own. Now, I can't remember exactly. I said London bring it to San Francisco. But but so, um so mayor mayor does a lot of um, you know, they only get to vote in a tiebreaker and stuff. So it's it's not it's I always saw that one more as a ceremonial, um, and I think you know Susan Seaman's doing a great job. She has a lot of initiatives going, and but that kind of thing. But but when it comes to um, singing, now I I don't remember it then either. Probably in the city councils where I finally I saw it more just because it was a smaller group of people, and I had that restaurant open, so mm-hmm. people would come in, and I had to listen while I'm I'm serving them. <laughs> worked no have you yeah i mean it's just it's difficult right because if you've got a friend who's a cop and you're like hey can you help me out with the speeding ticket it's one thing but when it comes or if you had a friend who's a nurse and you're like hey can you help me i'm in the er can you help squeeze me in those are different and then it comes to political government and that's a hard stop because you're supposed to be impartial and you're supposed to be you have to put everybody else's interest above your friends or your family or your own. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, without being in, in specifics of situations of where I can draw comparisons, um, I think, you know, when I hear comments of, you know, Supervisor X is trying to push his permit forward for a friend, whatever, kind of like, well, is he going in and laying undue pressure on staff? Or is he going to say, what can they do differently? And I don't know because I'm not in those conversations. My, if, you know, someone calling and saying, you know, if one of us went and said, you have to do this, just get it done now. That would seem like a problem. And if there's, you know, if there is evidence of that, I would think that it would merit you know a hearing and it's interesting too i'm um, speaking of put this um you know a lot of things when it, it came to uh actions that maybe aren't becoming of your office whatever it is whether it's um hostile comments or you know i mean this whole thing how do i it's gonna be a hard one to explain uh you know, the process used to be, or what was followed was things like that. A complaint would come in, and it would be looked at internally. And, you know, whatever it would be, a decision would come up. It's like, well, yeah, that, you know, this was being 
shouldn't do that, whatever. But it was something that was done in an internal process. And, uh, and a situation came up um, a couple of years ago where there was a similar thing that was happening, not about a permit, but um, the person that, that was going through it said, well, all this as an elected should be in a public process. And sure enough, we looked and it's like, it was more appropriate that way. So let's just say something of that nature, if it were to happen, if that were turned in and deemed to be needing looked at, it would be something that we would bring to a public process. Um, I think what we've been hearing when people say it, um, there are some commenters, I would say, that if you bring your actual information forward, that it exists, that makes things a lot easier. Just saying something exists isn't proof that it exists, if that makes sense. I'm going to have to reach out to him because this is now the second time he's been brought up. But in regards to Rex Bone, that's where a lot of this seems like it is coming from. Yeah. Well, and he's Rex knows everybody. Um, I mean, you even said, or I should say, Supervisor Bone knows everybody. And people know how to reach him. You know, they see him at the courthouse. Um, he's very approachable. But just because, you know, someone's, you know, he's helping someone doesn't mean that what he's doing is anything beyond. You know, I, I think it's it's easy for people to try to say that. It's just like, okay, he knows a lot of people. He knows how to get information. He enjoys actually, I think, trying to, you know, help people. I don't have any information where he's actually done and, and pressured. But then again, I'm not involved in the actual conversation. Like I said, if there's anyone who does think that's happening, you know, they certainly, I mean, whether it's with that or any other permit with any, any of us, right? Because someone could be saying, I'm sure someone could say a thing about me, I'm not sure what yet, but, but any of our supervisors, someone could say, well, you know, he's working on the site to torpedo a project, not, you know, someone like a different supervisor on our board. It's like, well, maybe there's, they don't believe a certain project is the right project does that mean they're doing anything wrong so yeah i i think i think supervisor bone does get um kind of a bum rap on this uh because and he's passionate and he doesn't he's not how do i put it uh sitting in a chair and being in meetings all day he'd rather be out driving trying to make things happen you know like he's one of those folks that will you know have a bag of the stuff you fill potholes with in his car you know um i don't do that but so he's he's a, just a doer kind of person and you know i think it's easy right now everyone's um we all have uh, short fuses these days and a lot of things get said that might not be accurate because there's a belief that maybe something exists but there's nothing that's brought that says there's nothing to show that there's a real no evidence. Yeah. No evidence. Yeah. One of the people that have alleged some of those claims is Karen Paz Dominguez. Mm -hmm. What is your take on her? 
I somehow knew this was going <laughs> I have to um, ask because I had her on the podcast. Oh, I've heard a lot about that one. I, I mean, I have, <laughs> I've had people sending me point by points. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to go. I mean, I'll answer anything you ask me. But um, I'll get my general overall uh, thing. I, you know, actually, I think she really wants to do a good job. And when she was first elected, and for the about first year and a half, uh, I think we had a really good relationship. And 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 talked a lot and you know i had mentioned some of my remembrances of having a hard time um being okay with help or or asking for help or saying it's okay to not be right and um trying to share perspective to try to try to kind of help gain a little better understanding unfortunately um as as was noted uh Apparently, we're on other ends of the spectrum on things now in some ways. But, you know, I think overall she's, um, you know, she's she t- she's a very good speaker. She's she's smart. Um, I I think perhaps maybe getting too far into the weeds where where it wrapped into things. Uh, and not looking at the bigger picture, maybe. Um, yeah, I know it's, 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 it's hard because our board, it's been a really difficult time when people are, are, uh, feeling at odds with each other. And I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, people calling because they hadn't gotten paid. I didn't use any, any names, but you know, here we are. Um, and you know what I, I mean, I, I, I this is my experience. My own, I have a family member who is involved in the local business. They had been owed a lot of money from the county. I didn't ask once, and I was not going to, you know. So it took months and months, but I did not think I should insert myself in that situation. For others, I have um, what I try to do when things like this, you know, like the things not being paid happen, you know, trying to do the connector of, okay, where is this in this process? You know, what can we we do to help? And... um, and I think that I became more of a a hindrance, and I don't really know if I helped my folks because I think it really started upsetting or irritating um, the auditor. Anyway, you can ask questions because I'm going. It's a really long, complicated uh, situation, and I just I just want to see government function in a way that we're not attacking each other and. Um, well, I do have to commend it. you, and I could be off base on what I'm about to say, but. From the meeting that I saw on Tuesday, I felt like you did a great job of trying to keep the peace because there was a lot of tension between her and Rex. And it, yeah. you know, I could imagine that being in that situation, it's a little tense, understandably. And I felt one of the things I noticed was that you were you were trying to maintain peace and trying to hear everybody out and it, i felt like you were doing a good job at least in that meeting i can't speak yeah. for the other ones because i haven't seen them but that yeah. one i thought you did a good job and we're trying to yeah, keep everybody kind of corralled and it's, it's hard you know and um, i know one of the items that came up because um, i had a the, in the conversation earlier that you'd had um was cutting her off one time and there was a time um when zoom it was my when i first started being chair in one of my first zoom meetings and yeah, there was an item, and I don't remember what it was specific to, and I certainly could track it down, but um, she wanted to read a, a statement, 
And so when I'd ask, so I, this is the geeky just procedure me saying, well, how long do you need for that, you know, statement? Okay, like five minutes. Okay. And then once it continued on, you know, so then I interrupted, got a lot of, I got a lot of flack for that. I was just trying to gauge time. I said, well, how much time? And can you do it in four minutes? And she goes, yes. Well, it took quite a bit a while after that. And, you know, it was one of the things that for me at that time, I could have done it differently. Um, uh, I now, I mean, I think you can watch most of the meetings that have happened since then. And if there's a presentation or, a, you know, I I do not, I just, I will, I'm not going to interrupt her. Um, because I know that was, it seemed like there was um, a comment on that the other day. And most of the time when I try to, speak on something it's just to get a gauge of or an understanding but but um anyone who was listening to that podcast it i think it sounded like i never let her speak ever and so now if, if there's a two-hour powerpoint presentation that's what it is what i can't she does so that, that very well that one where it was interpreted that you interrupted her by asking mm -hmm. that question that was a zoom one yeah yeah well i mean I didn't know that, but part of that has to be taken into account because Zoom, as we said, yeah. Zoom is not an effective means of, yeah. and I've done Zoom podcasts and they're not great, not because yeah. of the guests, but because it's just <laughs> not an effective way to talk to another person. Right. It's just really not. Well, and, and, you know, and I, I look back and it's like, yeah, I try to treat all department heads the same. She is a separately elected. Um, and so, you know, I could have done it better. And like, I mean, I, I, I like I said, I have learning moments all the time, and uh, doesn't mean that you know. Put it, I don't always. Uh, how do I say? It? I don't always agree with myself when I, you know, have one of those moments. But it's like, okay, you know, I can do better, and and um, that's what I've tried to do. And you know, so for folks who are listening. I apologize if they got the uh, my understanding that apparently I never let somebody speak, unless any department head or specifically the auditor. It's like, no, I'm, it's not my intention to be rude. And I will basically just step back. But I may ask questions every once in a while. Well, yeah, but, yeah, you should definitely ask questions. But but it's, it's one of those, um, you know, it was something I could have been, I could have done better. Well, you know? it's not, it's not. I don't want you to take it on as it's all your oh, no. fault. I think part I think it's I think it's I think part of it was the Zoom and you can't, you know, you it's like when people call in on our or um, to make comment. It's easier when they're in public, right? Yeah. You're, you're looking at them, say they're off and they start getting way off topic. And if you've listened the other day, I had uh, it's like, excuse me, excuse me. Hold on a minute. You know, I, I was trying to, because they can't see, you know, they're on the phone. I can't see them. If they're sitting and talking at the podium and I could go, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. County council, you know, I, I, I but you can't do that on Zoom. And it's, it really took a lot of the social cues away. And on top of that, because there's already so much tension um, between the yeah. auditor controller and the board, I think that things can get misinterpreted easier and at a higher level of escalation than they would if everyone were going into it in a different spot and everyone were, you know, went in with the understanding of, okay, we're all here for the same purpose. Let's, let's be calm. I feel like we've escalated past that. So now any, any act that would have previously been disregarded as, oh, that it's, a, mean it's it. a personal slight. Yeah, now point. it's a personal slight. Well, and you know, on, I, I think social media 
for all its benefits, has a has a part to play in that, especially when people don't use their names, because people can get kind of wrapped around the axle and spun up, and somehow then that becomes the narrative, and you know, kind of like, wait a minute, how is that actually helping? It's an interesting time. So what do you think? <laughs> I know, obviously, the board did a vote of no confidence and a vote of censure. How, personally, how do you feel in regards to her doing her job? Do you feel like she is... Because uh, yeah. she made a lot of statements when she was on the podcast about... Or at least she provided a lot of statement in regard to, hey, it's not it's me doing this. It's these extenuating circumstances that are preventing me from doing the job. In some cases, that's not even my department that would handle these jobs. And to be fair, that did come up at the Board of Supervisors meeting, one of the one of the department heads or somebody speaking for a department head said something and she had to come on and say, actually, my department does not handle that, um, which I thought was valuable because it was it kind of played off like, oh, she's the holdup. And then it came out, oh, well, her department's actually not doing these. Well, and I can't. I, I, yeah, I, I would say take it with a grain of salt when that is said, because I think from what I see, you have to have partners interacting well together. Uh, but, you know, um, my thoughts here let me go uh there's just there's things well one i've actually never heard the auditor say that anything's been her fault or that she's taken responsibility somebody did bring that up to my i had a buddy that was listening to the podcast and he brought that up to me because i i had done a lot of research and in doing research i mean i had read a lot of articles and stuff that was online about her and it paints this very one-sided picture. So I came in, I don't want to say biased, but that was definitely in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And hearing her talk, it was hard not to kind of get it from her side, obviously, because there was nobody else interacting right. oppositionally to her. Um, but I had a buddy that reached out and said, uh, did you pick up on this? That she she had an answer for every question that I brought. And I took that in the moment as, oh, okay, yeah. Like she's, she knows her shit cause she's got a rebuttal and he said, she thinks well on her feet. Yeah. He said, <laughs> you might've interpreted that that way, but as somebody listening, it sounds like she hasn't taken any, you know, said, oh, you know, I did mess up on this. Maybe I could have done better here. She didn't take any ownership for that. And I thought, right. I just want to throw that in there cause I thought that was interesting well, hearing you say that as well now. Well, and it's, um, I mean, I, like I, I've said multiple times today, I've been wrong on things, you know, and I could do things better. And that's just, just, um, it's important to be able to do that. Am I, does that mean I don't do something wrong again? It's like, no, I'll probably, I'll repeat again. Right. I, you know, it's a learned thing. You gotta do some different, you know, you've got to try different, do something differently. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, there's a lot of feeling like deflection happening. Um, and it's, it's really hard to pin down, well, okay, process, there's, there's, there's things that are breaking down. It's not just in that office, you know, that, that's true. I mean, uh, but there are some that are very specific there that I think um, have led to where we are. And some of them are just really simple, such as communications, uh, emails not being answered for months, or, and I mean, I, 
I'm trying to be trying to be uh, careful in how I say things. Let's just say I also have issues that have come to my attention where I have not been given truthful information from the AC on. Yes. I mean, I, but I'm sure that, that, you know, sometimes people will say something and they believe that to be the truth. And I think there's a, you know, people can be very good at, you know, deflecting or um, rationalizing something. You know, the, the one thing that I had said before that I use public has nothing to do with, um, any other departments from what I can, my understanding. And this is with, I was fairly intimately involved in this. There was a situation where we ended up getting a lien on the county. Actually, I think we had two. And that's a shock when you don't know it's happening, right? It's like, so we have a lien on the county. That affects your credit rating. By the way, right now, we can't even go ask for credit rating because we are told if we try, it'll be so bad, it'll follow us for life. And it's like, okay, we're in bad shape right now. But um, this is a case of the IRS. Uh, they had sent something. Apparently, I think the auditor did her job absolutely right. Is this in reference to when they um... – it was a fine of like one hundred seventy-three thousand. Yeah. Well, this is this is this is the lien. Yeah. So it okay. started. It started out with a lien, right? And for those that don't know what what is entailed with a lien. Well, a lien is basically you know like say you own a home and you owe a debt to the federal government or the county. They can place a lien on your property. That basically means, well, like if you're a homeowner, you can't sell your house. It's a cloud. It clouds you. It clouds your lien. But for a county, it really looks bad. Right, because the county's big, and the IRS puts a lien on you. It's like, well, what does that mean? But it's not easy to get it off. We've found that out. But, but I don't think it was because. And I, I was in on several conversations, and I, I had a lot of documentation on this situation. And I don't think it's that the job wasn't done right the first time. I mean, because what happens is, you know, payroll gets done, and then whatever the form or dollars. I don't need this is not my my forte, but something that's generated then is sent in to the IRS for their, you know, for their files or whatever they do with it. And um, they thought the IRS was reaching out because they felt this was not done. And I believe, you know, I believe her when she said it was done correctly. The problem with ha what happened with the IRS is the three notices that went unanswered. So I, I don't know about you. If I get the IRS sends me something to my house. It's a wake-up call. I will check right away. You know, I, I that to me, that, that's like, uh, what is this? And so I believe what happened, and this is where I talked about communication being a problem in, in, um, specifically at this time in that office, is so the, the notice went somewhere. It was certified. Don't know who, I don't know if that one was received. It might have been received, and whoever looked at it said, oh, well, we did this right, so the IRS is wrong. Okay, reasonable assumption. We know that one, one was we spoke to someone from IRS, did speak to somebody in the office that confirmed receipt of this, and they were going to ele elevate it to the auditor. Nothing. Upon this next one was when we ended up with the lien because there had been no communication. And then once that lien got put on there, trying to remove it became a problem. But the way, and so, and then so when it came to be this well, very large 
fine. The fine came after the lien. Yeah. Okay. And it was to get the lien basically removed. Now, what we've heard from the auditors, potentially this money could be used for future things that the county owes, but we don't know that. I mean, at this point, it became a fine. Well, according to her, right, the, the county should be able to get that money back. Well, should, but we don't have anything written in proof of that yet. So we're hoping that's to be the case. But, but the, the thing is, it never should have gotten to this if the IRS notification that was first received had been responded to. And so that was my more my frustration and on, on this specific one. It's like, I believe that she probably did send the stuff when she was supposed to. But when the IRS reaches out to you, confirmed, received multiple times, and you don't respond to them, they don't, they're not happy. <laughs> and, um, and so there's documented evidence that those three emails went. Yeah, I, I know that. And I, had, and I know that one was um, from a phone call was verbally received. So I, I think it was just something that, you know, I, I think it started out as like, oh, well, they'll, they'll, we were right. It's, it's okay. But it, when, it's, when you're dealing with IRS... They don't go for the answer. And I, I think what bothered me is, you know, we were in one, I knew that it had not been resolved yet. And I asked specifically in one meeting if it had been resolved. And I was told, yes, it was by the auditor. And I knew, I mean, I knew when I asked the question what the answer was. And what I heard from was not the same. You know, so that was, that is an area where I just think there was a real downfall. It's like, this didn't have to happen if it had been stopped at that first IRS notice that was received. And so it's things like that that I think have taken up some of the energy of trying to figure out when there's so many other things to do. It's like always like going back after the fact and trying to fix situations. Um, like the that was just the the first one that I really experienced from a standpoint of that took an awful lot of energy for something that really didn't have to happen. Uh, and there's just, you know, some things, uh, other dollars, like uh, the Lodging Alliance, as we talked about them earlier, they didn't want to cause any, any you know, they hadn't received their money, right? And their money isn't something that has anything to do with the county other than the county is held into the treasury. And then the, um, the treasurer's office then sends it over to the auditor and the checks go out. So there, it hadn't gone out um, and so after a couple of months, you know, I was trying to find out what was going on and was talking to the treasurer tax collector and, you know, trying to try to figure out, I was like, why is this not moving? And then, excuse me, it ended up being that um, an email with clarifications that was requested had been done by the treasurer's office and sent in. And it was verified on two different auditor email addresses, including her personal one. I mean, her office, but for her. And nothing was heard. And like, so it took like four months when it finally, she goes, oh, I just now found this email. But the problem is it was on the very same string. You know, I mean, it was just kind of like, no, this doesn't make any sense. But, but it was just like, okay, so something that should not have been left open like that for so long you know, could have been handled, you know, it just seems like things because of communication sometimes just don't get taken care of as soon as they could. Um, another example that was part of that one was one month the treasurer's office, uh, someone from there didn't put it in right. Um, her had a family death and all this. That person actually took responsibility and said, I messed up on this one. 
you know, and, and to me, just these things where what we're making people do to get money is the money that's owed them or, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating to people. It's really impacting a lot of people's um, organizations, financial abilities, and it's just frustrating. Um, I think that there's, I think there's some improvements of process that is being done in the auditor's office and that's good, but we're so far behind, you know, when you think that we haven't closed our books for three years, almost since 2018, 19. And that's like, say, you don't look at your check register or do anything with it for three years. You write checks because you know you can pay for your general obligations. But you don't know what's coming in and what's going out. You know, and then you find out, you know, the ex-spouse that you thought was off of the count has actually been writing checks for the last three years, too. You know, and you don't have a clue what's what you've got. And that's where we find ourselves for three years. And I, I understand when she says, well, people get me the information late. And, you know, I'm sure there's, there is some of that. And I, I think there's fault. There's enough fault to go around to all, all, of, all, all departments and us as well. I'm, I'm, I'm sure in this whole thing. But, but it's like without knowing what we have, we have not had an actual starting amount. And so when people are get upset about this $28 million figure, it's like, well, we have no idea what we have. And, and that, that's where it strikes me is that the job of an auditor controller in many ways is to file the, time, the timely reports to the state, and then you go back and you adjust. So that's where if you find mistakes or things come in late, you know, you can do it. I think our biggest problem that the state and others have with us is just that we have not done this stuff for so long that it's like we've fallen into this huge sinkhole that we can't get out of. Anyway, I probably went around in different things, but I just, I think, you know, we've all tried. Um, and I just, it's, it's frustrating. And I know that um, apparently I'm, I'm, I'm now, uh, I was on one, one, one meeting with her once when she said it was all my fault because I run awful meetings. So this could be all my fault. I mean, but we all have some fault in it, but yeah. It seems like to, to, I don't want to speak for her, but when I was talking to her, it seems like a lot of what she was saying the problem was, was that, or at least a part of the problem was that previously accounts were just pushed through without the due diligence, without the necessary material provided alongside them um, by her predecessor, just, just in the way that the county was run as well. And she is not willing to do that because her name's attached to it and she feels, you know, the gravity of attaching your name to a financial document, mm -hmm. especially. Um, and so she's not willing to just push things through. Like she wants the supplemental documentation. She wants to make sure all the, all the T's are crossed and all the I's are checked or what right. that expression. Um, do you, <laughs> right. do you buy into that? Do you believe that that is a part of it? Or do you think that that. I, I think it's a part of it from the standpoint that, you know, um, she wants to be uber accurate. Um, what I can say, there's areas, though. Okay. I'm going to use two extreme examples. Um, one is doing projects. Like, say, um, having to assign value. And this is not for money's back, but, like, for a public works project and make accounting for, yeah, I guess it is for money back for everything. Having to go down to the actual 
pennies a bolt costs. Generally, that's not where you have to go. You know, you, you round off at a dollar. Um, so there's like the, this extreme attention to detail. But I think the one that, that for me was the most, um, uh, and I, this is, I got to get my numbers correct. I actually have this at the house, but it was like health and human services are huge dollars. Like I said, so much of our thing is there. And you, what you do is you, you have all these, like, this was in regards to grants. And grants are in such huge amounts. The state allows, like, a 10, a, I think it's a $10 rounding error that when you come up with this whole thing, because you have to apply to get the money into your account from the state. Sorry, I'm doing, like, physical. <laughs> you can't see this when you're listening, but I'm using my arms a lot. So there was a, there was a claim for $16 million for the county to get back. Um, there is a discrepancy of $5. The state allows a discrepancy of $10 for a county of this size. The auditor would not accept that. So there's a, there a claim of $16 million owed to the county that passed within what the state said was fine that the auditor wouldn't take action on. Did she say why? It was just because it's of that because $5? It's off by, it was off by $5. And so, you know, staff's like, well, the grants are huge. There's rounding errors, and the state in this code for this size county for this amount of money allows this much discrepancy. But that wasn't good enough, you know. And, and, and so it's things, like, it's things like that going back and forth. So I think accuracy is good, um, but I think accuracy that goes beyond what, what the benchmark is for specific things is kind of like um, – spinning one's wheels because it's like, well, you can, especially if something is okay, you know, if this was, this was stated as fine to get that money back from the state, it, it you know, when you started looking at it, it was like, hey, can I just give $5, you know, will that make it okay? And just, but it was just like, it just boggles the mind of that much money. Um, there's roads projects where dollars have been lost because you have time frames with which you have to do things. So it's, I think part of it too is just being so far behind that um, is really hard. I, and I think she's really tried to create some better processes. You know, I, I think that's good. Um, I I do believe it It feels to me like um, she takes a lot on on her own and maybe doesn't delegate to the staff as much. I think you know, um, I know one of the staff members was not happy with me when I said that that um, I don't think she had any management experience really when she came in to help manage staff because I can't, I mean, I can't even, you know, I haven't managed staff since I was in the restaurant, really. You know, I mean. It's hard to do. Staff saves our lives. You know, it was like, hey, can you, you know, can you do this, do this? But, but, um, but, you know, I think she takes a lot on her own shoulders and. And, and so that, that happens, too, and I think it's, you know, this real sense of responsibility of wanting to make sure is absolutely correct. But given the parameters of what's expected in, in government, many things are not perfect at first, and you can go and you can make those adjustments. But what's most important, apparently, to the bigger agencies that deal with the funding or, like, state controller's office, et cetera, it's just 
get something turned in on time. I mean, that's what, I mean, I think that's half of it. It's just like, if we hadn't been so late on all these things, I think it would have been easier to have, you know, turned in something that was not necessarily perfect to the agencies. I mean, I, I think when it comes to like, uh, um, money's going back to like employees or whatever. I mean, there's, accountability is good to have. I mean, I had one claim. I was really fortunate because when I traveled until just this last year, year and a half, um, I was covered by the, my organ, state organization paid for everything. So I didn't, I, the county sh should be happy that for four years I cost them no, almost nothing in the travel. But I remember, this is where my, I remember I had a situation come up where I had a car rental and I won't give you a specific details so let's just say if it's say i had like a, a stomach flu while driving home it was not a pleasant drive and it did not go fast i made lots of stops and um so you know there's this thing with like rental cars where it goes you're, you're it stayed one day past so that flipped into the weekly rate from the three to the weekly which ends up being like actually wasn't bad back back then but so when my stuff got turned in, it got turned down. And so I had to explain why I was not able to get back in time. That, you know, I'm going, well, this is kind of disgusting, but this is why the, it did not get back by the closing time. You know, so so that was when it's like, okay, I can understand why they asked because it flipped into the higher side. It was kind of embarrassing to explain why. But I, I think there's others that are um, kicked back for a lot uh, more specific reasons that are smaller or, you know, before wouldn't have been an issue to the extent of, you know, I don't, I never, I don't take people to lunch. I don't use that. I don't do that. Most Mine was mostly for travel. But I think it's, you know, accountability is fine. I mean, and it's, it's good. I mean, the rules should be the same for everybody. And, um. And I, it, I don't know if it exactly works that way in how things, things actually come out of there. But, uh, you know, like I said, some new processes, like we went to a conference and so now, you know, she takes a time and she, or we have to put the um, agenda and, and if meals are there, you know, we have to say if we ate the meals or not. Um, a lot of times when you go to conferences, it's like I've had enough, you know, rolls, you know, donuts and fruit to last a lifetime so it's often now I'm skipping breakfast but you know um so that's fine you know accountability is fine it's just that there are some other things um that really impact a lot of the government funding that's not fine I mean like I said there's public works dollars that we've lost those are important dollars you know that we're talking I think that's like hundreds of thousands right now but it's uh it's just like we've gotten so far in a place that it feels like it's really going to be really very hard to dig out of. I couldn't do the job of auditor. I mean, I took accounting, but, but that's about it. And, and, um, I would not want it, but I, and I, I think, like I said, I think her intent was well, we're good. I just, where we're at now isn't good. And, and it's hard because I don't know really I don't really know where to go from here because it feels like there's this uh, general animosity. And, you know, uh, I know the vote of no confidence, it was just a three. 
three to two. The censure was five, you know, and basically the censure being five oh, we had to how do I say, we had to take those that move because without it we were basically complicit in members of staff and stuff being treated bad, right? You know, and which is illegal, illegal implications, right? So it's like, it wasn't a fun vote, you know? Staff being treated bad from her and her office? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just some of the, that came from some of the, um, you know, investigation. And there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's difficult because when you're talking about staff and hostile work environment, you know, there's an awful lot that goes into one person's meaning of hostile. You know, I think we've heard about this pizza thing, right? And and it's it's interesting because people see it through different eyes. And that was one of the older ones. But but what somebody may think was a funny haha may have really cut somebody the wrong way, if that makes any sense. And you're only getting one person's side of the story, also. So it sounded like it was a big joke about some pizza thing. But then there was a video on her website with the carnival, <laughs> carnival music. Yeah. And if that, you know, if that wasn't was... demean, if that wasn't demeaning to the staff it's... person that d- did that, I was kind of like, okay, I see that being I could see that being kind of hostile to saying. I'm but... laughing not to diminish. I don't want to diminish what that person went through cuz obviously I wasn't there so I don't know, but the video itself was it was it was it was funny. It was yeah. so like you. It's unbelievable that she she put that out. I was like, well, and and and, and you know, without I'm sure it wasn't intended this way, but that could actually bite the wrong direction as far as going. Okay, so now somebody went through a situation that they felt was hostile. Now you're making fun of it on a video. I think that could be that. That might not be a good step in the right direction, but. I mean, it's good she had a sense of humor about it, I guess. But uh, did you read the report? Uh, yes, I bet you know that, that we're so stuck here with being con, you know, we're confined to what gets released. And um, it was it unredacted for you when you got it, or is it redacted for anyone that tries to read it no, outside we, of the people we, who conducted it? Yeah, I'm trying to think. It was not the blacked out redacted. We didn't. So you actually, had the full. Yeah, we didn't. We, we didn't get. I don't know if we. I don't know if we got names or if we just got instant one, instance two. Uh, but it's um, it's interesting how this all just. It's not been fun. My problem with that report, in specifically, mm-hmm. I I read half of it. I right. got like twenty pages into it. Um, but I talked to her about it and her account of what happened and the account that was portrayed in that report are very different. Which are you talking about 2018 or the, the more recent? The 2018 one specifically. Her account was that she ended up giving that, that the two who were involved in the Pizzagate situation mm-hmm. had pizza. Um, they were laughing, um, which in the report, well, it says they didn't have pizza. They had one of the well, girls walked away cause she was so upset um, and the well, other one tried to. You're say taking for somebody's word. That's the for but that's the problem. Is and uh, one of the people that she said she was good with died, so that person can't speak for themselves. What that was in the report? Yeah. Oh, see, but like this she is the... and she put that in. She said, "Well, the person that you know, 
one of the people that complained, she died. We were good when she died. It's like, well, she's not here to talk for herself. And the person who did or didn't get pizza, I don't know specifics. It's like, we're, okay, so who's going to go ask them? Yeah. Now, are you sure you got pizza or you didn't get pizza? <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was silly. And I think, though, versus it being about pizza, I think if I were to look at it from the a macro view of stepping away from it, I think it would be about different different treatment. It's definitely about yeah. more than the pizza. But it, I mean, the pizza kind of makes it you know you it kind takes of wonder. A, yeah, my problem is okay if there are discrepancies now. That's the issue, is because now you have a report that is claiming one thing, and you have her, and mm-hmm. she's claiming something very different. Right. And another big claim she made was that you, people in that report were influenced by those conducting the report and were persuaded in in various ways i don't want to take words out of her mouth it's in the podcast um, well no, which, there's a lot in there i, I yeah okay. i keep getting more things sent to me it's like <laughs> <laughs> what no. um but i mean that's that's a problem as someone who is not in the world who is just kidding all of this right. from the outside I mean, it's, it gets very murky and it gets very hard to decipher, okay, who, what is the real problem here? Where's, where's the truth? Because somebody's telling the truth or part of the truth. Yeah. I don't know if it's horror. You guys are and there's percep- outside. There's perception. And too. there's bias. Yeah. And so reading that report, it's almost more difficult that she, what she said in regards to it, because, okay, now we have two very distinct, different, um, Sorry, very distinct, different interpretations of what actually happened. And I know you feel free. We've been doing no, this for no, no, like two and a half hours. I don't. I, I know I you. Got, no, I have a new phone. I can't figure out how to use. <laughs> <laughs> Never switch from an Apple to something else. <laughs> oh. Hold on, I don't know how to turn this off. And then I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, it's a frequent. Is one of our frequent commenters is trying to comment and call me. Oh. a lot today. Oh, interesting. Um, no problem. I. We can we can wrap. I don't because I know you have other things to do. I don't want to take up too much of no. your time. But, no, but, um, no, but that's. I, think I mean, is, I'm sure you can right. appreciate that. Is that now we have two one source a redacted report and now her as a source and they're saying very different things from a public perspective. That that is a problem. Well, I hope, I'm not sure. I'm hoping not saying something that's not supposed to be public. Um, I think Supervisor Bone actually. This was a. It's there's how do I put this. It's interesting. Um, let's just say, let's do a for instance that perhaps an office a person may have lodged a complaint on a, a supervisor alleging this is what happened X, Y, and Z. And it was hostile. I imagine there's a lot of money spent to attorneys to find that Oh, by the way, somebody taped that actual interaction and it didn't happen at all the way it was con- told to by the, perhaps the person you're referring to, actually, um, which was a total different reality than what showed up on tape. So, okay, Times, because this is very ambiguous. So I'm going to, so yeah. since I'm not you, I'm going to try to clear it up. It's that Karen alleged something about Rex. Well, I, Rex I'm not had- sure this is, I'm not sure this is actually supposed to be public. The Rex mentions it during our board meetings. But yeah, sometimes these things happen, right? So- and there was documentation that what she claimed was not true. Uh, yes. Okay. See, and that's so- such a problem. I'm a guy that's, my biggest thing is the truth. 
That's my biggest thing. Because if we don't have the truth, then we, we're just well, you know, spiraling. Where we really, you know, I, I will say we fell down on some things back in 2018. Not just with this one. We, um, we were going through a lot of changes in our uh, human resources. And uh, those things weren't being closed out like they should have been, where people were necessary. And it wasn't this, just this one. It was, you know, I think, well... I can't speak specifically to Rex's, but there's there's other instances of where things were done where people never really got the actual end of well, what 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 happened, right? So, you know, I I can understand you know the frustration with not really having that information earlier, and so I think we fell down on that, but we uh you know we've worked on a lot of process change in human resources as well. Um, the other thing that happened, and I th- I think I alluded to this is we used to have, um, if something happened with an elected, it was just dealt with internally. And uh, when we had an issue where some this, there were some complaints alleged against the um, uh, auditor, she's, uh, her attorney, or actually um, a, an attorney opined or made the opinion that uh, when it comes to the electeds, it should be something held in the public venue, which was never in the public venue before. I think some supervisor bone probably would have liked his in the public venue. Right. But, uh, so that changed the process too. So a lot of the stuff that's happening would have been done more internally, but then when I ended up having to take it to the board, it becomes very visible. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the first time that this was brought up on this, these other issues, not, not anything to do with the other uh, issues. This is these are things that are never actually made it anywhere. Um, There's an argument over who should be the attorney, and we just did not pursue going after that investigation anymore. It just there was just a lot of it didn't uh, it didn't make sense trying to go through the process, but we changed the process after that so that things do. Come through the public venue. So one of the reasons this is so public with those investigations is because it is a separately elected, you know. And so because nobody nobody likes this stuff and coming out in public, you'd like to be able to have this uh, taken care of out outside of you know not outside of the public eye. But it, it's just like it's not a comfortable conversation, right? Um, and so 2018, it was not in the public venue. This last go around was after the time where we did change it. So some people, I think, saw that as being a different treatment, but it was different treatment based on a concern brought forward by the auditor in an earlier situation. Then she was right that things with the separately elected should be heard in a public venue. You know, so um, I think that's one of the. Th- Things that unfortunately, because this is happening in public, it does have more interest in it. And, you know, I think I read that she, I thought, or she said that things were not sustained. That the findings were sustained. Were not, what the, the findings were not sustained. Yes, yes. But, um, or they, I don't, I don't that's know. Well, the... I, the folks that have been texting me. Is listening that? to her, um and and um and let me just say 
we wouldn't be having these discussions if there weren't sustained findings, you know. So, and you're reading through the the report, and um, it's uh, it's just interesting the different level of um, perception or different people look at p different realities, I guess, because I see it very differently than what I'm what I was hearing her saying, and I'm sure. She and others who are listening to me are going to be saying, well, that's not how it is at all. So, Well, that's exactly why I wanted to ask you is because I figured you would have a different opinion. And as someone who is trying to get a well-rounded opinion right. to actually get to the bottom, I'm, I'm very passionate about hearing both sides. Well, and it's, uh, Because it's a difficult, yeah. it's a difficult thing. Well, and in, in our world, I mean, we do have the things that are closed session, um, now these have leaked into, you know, what used to be closed session become kind of open or, you know, you got the unredacted things to keep, to protect people. Um, but I think the fact that all five of us agreed on the censure should have been a clear indication to the community that even if others didn't know the exact, you know, how the sausage was made and what we knew, we all knew that, that it was the right decision to make. Uh, to protect the county and to also support um, those who had felt uh, um, wronged, I guess you would say. And it's odd for that board to have a 5-0 in an instance like this. You know, we have unanimous all the time on, like, on the consent calendar or whatever, but, but this was a hard one. I mean, you could tell it was a really, really difficult decision for um, a couple of supervisors. So it was not taken. It was not taken lightly. I think it's, again, from an outside perspective, it's hard. In the sense that some of the claims she's alleged are true, right? I didn't know about the cannabis tax thing, and I got, I definitely have to dig more into yeah, that. Yeah, well, I also, like I said, I, to me, it's like it's a it's a messy situation. Yeah. But I I can't tell you where it all went wrong. I mean, I I'm not I would not. And be I'm the sure best. I'm sure the blame you know, it could get passed around to equal yeah. equal yeah, yeah. positions. It's just hard. It's just hard in the sense that we're dealing with elected officials here. And yeah. when you go into the voting booth, you want to have enough information that you can make an informed decision. That's all I care about. Yeah. You just, you want to be informed. And the two paths here are almost so opposing. Yes. Trying to figure out, okay, what is it? There's two different realities that yeah. you're hearing. And that's <laughs> like, that's yeah. basically what I was trying to get at. Thank you for yeah, putting well, it I, you know, and like I, that. Because um, yeah. what she says and what you guys say and what the department ha it's all so different that it, it's, well, and, it's and, challenging to try to figure out, okay, where do these intersect? What? And I think, you know, I, I think people that speak believe what they're saying. You know, so that that's that's even stranger because it's how do you how I mean you, this is a, something that it almost you know there's no the average voter voter you know when you're you're faced with these this is said by this person this is said by this person that contradicts that and then you hear this over here and they they are all very certain of their version it's it's a uh, it's not, it's, uh, it doesn't help in the election process, but 
you know, I, like I said, I don't think she's had any bad intent. I think just over, over the head and really, truly believes a lot of, of what she's saying. I just see it very differently. And uh, there are some things that, that no matter how many departments might mess up somewhere or if whatever else is going on, there's some things that that, that doesn't matter. I mean, there's dollars that, um, that basically, you know, they're not ours. They're for specific purposes. And we don't pay those because something else hasn't been done over here. But it has nothing to do. It's like those dollars we are holding and we owe those dollars to these different entities, you know, like the school districts and, you know, it was, I can't remember what, what the school district issue was. It seemed like their audit, auditors, like school auditors. Oh, from, the Fortuna Yeah, school and, you district? know, I'm going, yeah. okay, you got school auditors who know, should know what they're doing. It's probably a different thing, and we're fighting with them about it. That's not even our money. This is their money. <laughs> but uh, it's just, you know, sometimes what we fight about, it's like the thing with the um, – Oh, gosh, we got the letter where the attorney general sent us a letter saying, hey, you need to do this now. And the author saying, oh, that's just a mass generated letter. We don't have to do that. But I believe she said, I believe on this podcast, again, that even the AOC thought that. Um, or the COA, AOC. I'm uh, you mean the secretary the of state, uh, state controller? No, the, oh, the county no, the Well, we weren't sure. Until yeah. we, but then we followed up on it. And, and it's like, okay, no, it wasn't. Okay, and then so you know you you get this stuff, and then um. AOC, I'm sorry, I was. It's okay. I was throwing out acronyms. Is she here. up here now? AOC, CAO. Uh, but um, but you know, there's, it's it was interesting because um, and it's it's a public record. Uh, what we ended up, what got submitted to the, the state controller's office on that, you know, on the result, you're supposed to fill it out and you say who you are that filled it out in your office and stuff. Instead of putting her name as the auditor controller, she says, person doing it at the direction of the attorney general. It's not what it asks. No, who prepared this report? That did not answer that question. You know, and and it was like, that was just weird. Do you know? What do you make of her claims that that she does have a lot of the, the facts to back up what she's been saying and that you mean the, the evidence she was going to bring forward? Yeah, the evidence. May 1st? Yes. A lot of the evidence she says that she has that is being released in these PRA documents. What do you have make you of that? Have you read most of those PRA I haven't. Documents? I have not yet. Okay. The first batch that came through, um, well, just a lot of, I mean, I suspect I have at least one caddy email in there. She and I, I remember having the last, the last uh, exchange where I was trying to, I think it was like, get a meeting together. And I can't remember what happened. And I said, you know, can we just stop this high school drama? Whatever it was. Oh, I heard back on that one, and um, I've tried to refrain from email since then. But so we all have some things in there where you can see some tension. tension. But, um, you know, if she's talking about, you know, because I think she alleged quite a few things about Supervisor Bone in public. <laughs> and he basically said. And on the podcast. Yeah. He's like, bring me, bring me, you take the evidence to the DA, bring it. And so then you get this massive emails that got released that first time. And it's hundreds of pages. It's like, okay, man, if you have, if you have documents that actually show this, what you're alleging, wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to specifically release them in that? 
version where it's very clear that it shows that there's something instead of giving people a thousand pages to read to find what's in there. So it's kind of like, and we were, we were told multiple times that she was going to present that. And then that's when she did her opening on the courthouse steps. She could not be at our meeting that day to present, but she was on the steps that day for her kickoff. So it was that's when she announced her quite interesting. Running. Yeah. And she, she said she couldn't be at our meeting. Anyway, so. Um, so you have read through some of those PRA documents? Oh, I, I, I read through some. Um, and it doesn't seem like there's anything other than. You know, but there's, well, it's masses of it. But I would just highly suggest if there is some proof that if someone wants to release documents, it would be better if, if they could really identify a exactly specific document where, where, where it shows up. Because. Um, yeah, it's a lot of documents. I think it's like, I want to say 400 for some reason. I don't know if it's quite that many or that's going to be the final number. But I, I remember her saying it, it's a lot. You know, I probably should not make this comparison. Do uh, it. What? Do it. No, I just, I just, many people have said, that even sounds like him, that in some ways the way she operates is very similar to a, a former president. That is interesting. I... When I was looking at all these documents, I, I mentioned to my parents, it seems, um, and this isn't a slight, I'm not saying this as a character judgment, because I thought she was very nice. I really enjoyed she's, our conversation. She's, she's delightful. Yeah. I mean, she really um, is. But it felt Trump-esque in the sense that, how do I want to phrase this? It felt Trump-esque in the sense of how she was going about it public-facing, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like the... The, the sh showmanship. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I mentioned that to my parents. I was like, and they were like, yeah, kind of just in the manner that she goes about it. That's not a judgment on her claims or what she's saying or a comparison between the two, the character of the two. But it, I guess the performance, not saying that she's yeah. performing, but that, you know, the style. The it, style. It felt very similar. Well, and there's a lot of, um, a lot of squirrel going on, your deflection. It's like, hey, here's an item, an issue, but look over there. And... And very thorough in responses, um, documents like emails, how do I put it? I think hours spent putting replies and documents together. And while thoroughness is good, it's like, it's a lot of other things that need to be done versus spending six hours. I can't even imagine doing a PowerPoint for, you know, that goes a, an hour or some. I can't do a regular, I mean, I do not have those talents, but... But, uh, yeah, it's very, um, very nice. Got a good family. Um, she's got a hard job in a hard, this is just in a really hard place right now. And, um, I don't think it had to get to this place, but we, this is where we are. And it's, it's very uncomfortable for all of us. It seems that way. Yeah. Well, it's it for like, her, for you guys. Like, you know, I have all these, you know, I feel like I don't want to like air dirty laundry. So I brought all, you know, people sending me like, she said this. She said this, and then I—I I can't believe I didn't yeah. expect that podcast to get out to you guys. I, well, and it's it's funny because I was going, I need answers, and some said, "Don't go tit for tat," and, and that's right, you know. So I mean, for most of this, we stayed with just more like a overall philosophy of governing and and stuff. But but you know, when it comes down to it, I it's like I think there's just fundamental dis dif disagreements with what we think reality is. Yeah, I'll tell you the same thing I told her. I, I brought her on because 
really in a selfish way in that I wanted to know the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a plus that other people get to experience that as well. But I would have talked to her and said the exact same things had it just been the two of us. The same I'm right. doing with you is because personally, I'm trying to figure out what is happening because it, it seems like a shit show. And I'm like, right. do you anticipate that getting cleared up before the election? Or you think that this is just the way of politics now? I thought this was going to get cleared up. A year and a half ago or two years ago. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. I went and spoke to the League of Women Voters, like I said, a couple weeks ago. And the state of the community. And it was like, do I really want to say all of this? Because it's not very, it's not a flattering where we are right now. And I've also done, yeah, I've talked to different supervisors. I I, uh, was at a, a state conference where we all... We're certain ones of us got three minutes to mention an issue in your county. I had I had county auditors coming to the table after I talked about it. They're going, this this is crazy, you know. And so, um, yeah, I th- I thought we could have gotten somewhere by now. I don't know. Um, when you say clear it up, you know, the election. Now it's hard to say what 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 voters will do. Right? They they. Some people have no idea of this conversation in the community, right? They go and they go to the elections office and it's like, okay, incumbent or first person on the list, which is, which is both. Some people don't show up to vote, you know, really bad examples of some things. You know, I find after the election, I'd have people call me and say, hey, forgot. I found my ballot on my counter too late, huh? It's like, <laughs> Yeah, you're you're lucky I didn't lose by two, right? You know, and and it's happened. We've had um, we've had that happen to people where they've, you know, people just don't show up because they think someone else is going to show up to vote, right? It's like, oh, you, she doesn't need my vote, and um, or my vote doesn't matter. Yeah, and and so you know, I'm not, you know, it's not that the current auditor controller is a bad person. I think, you know, the challenger will bring stability to the office. I think has a great understanding, you know, it's not a job. This is not supposed to be the one that the thing in the comedy that's the most public facing. I mean, as far as drama. And speaking of public facing, the office still has not been opened. You know, I mean her office and to the public. I mean, if you knock on the door, you might, you know, you could you might get an answer. Um and so it's I think the office needs to be returned more to a you know, a place where there's a sense of things actually getting done. It's not going to be perfect, you know, for sure. But uh, it's hopefully, you know, this is one of those things that should not be a political issue at all. You know, years ago we tried to switch it up so it was not an elected opinion. I mean, a position. And many counties are actually trying to do this. Um, And, you know, at the time we had the treasurer tax collector and the former auditors say no it should be stay elected so the public went with that but i think looking at it now i think hopefully people are seeing that more than just somebody who looks you know has a good presentation style and a, a what appears to be a vision and 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 an amount of experience um needs to have the right type of experience, you know, and I'll go back one more thing that I thought was kind of interesting regarding um, kind of like leadership or, or just 
how the team is, you know, because I think I think her team, her team she has feels really tight and protective of each other, and that's good. That's how you should be. But there's an instance where there was a um, got an email saying we had a we had to have an emergency evacuation today, so everyone's going to be working from home. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. What happened? There was a mouse. You evacuated, you know, and then. It was funny because the treasurer tax collector goes, yeah, the mouse came over to our, our, our office and we just called, you know, facilities management. But, but it's kind of like there, there's a, almost a feeling of it's not run like most, you know, you might suspect um, how an office would be run. It was more run like a family. I mean, I've, I it would not – back in the day with the restaurant – it was like a family. I, you know, trying to be a manager didn't, it was extremely painful because we were all like family and we, you know, I was not a good manager back then because everybody's family. Someone doesn't show up for work, you cover for them, you know, you do whatever. And I thought, boy, we didn't, you know, we, 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 uh, really let people get away with some kind of a, not always the best work behaviors, you know, because I didn't want to rock any, rock the boat. Everyone's just a big, happy family. I realize, you know, many years later that sometimes you need to actually be more directive and not not just be the um, all uh, happy, fuzzy, warm, and, you know, positive thought family. It's like, no, sorry, you're kind of messed up on this one. Being a boss or even just just having employees or being a manager, it's a hard thing. It is a very hard thing to get people to lead people let alone give them orders to a sense and and be effective at that and uh-huh. not have them hate you and not create a toxic work environment. That is a hard thing to do for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it is it is hard and you know, there's there's you can bring people willing to help. But in order to do that you have to be willing to change the way you do things. I did want to ask, because um, it just it just popped into my mind about the outsourcing of payroll. In that situation, because that was one oh, of the her ADP. Big, that was her, one of her big claims was that she was yeah. saying from the beginning, "Don't do this; it's a waste of money." And then it kind of fell into that trap. Well, and um, I wish I had, you know, if I could have gone back and looked at everything. I think there's a lot of things that, uh, whether it's in government or even in others, you know, you look at different ways to do things. Um, I can't remember right now the specific reason ADP did not work. But it was unfortunate that it turned out that way. Excuse me. Sorry. That burp probably came out on air, too. <laughs> Sorry. I tried not to. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Listen, I do, I do that all the like, time. I'm over here oh, making oh, noises all the time. That was not me. That was him. Yes, there you yes. go. Was... <laughs> I, I drank a lot of my energy drink over here. Uh, but, um, but, you know, I think I remember back when I ran against Bonnie Neely. I made a big hay about this 500000 being spent on re- the idea of becoming a redevelopment agency. And I realize now, you know, something comes up, you look at it, and unfortunately when you look at it in government, you have this consultant, this consultant, this, you know, this, 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 and it costs money, and then sometimes it doesn't go. It's like, you know, this really is not going to do what we need for our organization. Uh, if I had the actual, you know, documents in front of me, I could probably be more specific. But, you know, when it was determined, it wasn't. But you can't 
how can somebody say with certainty, oh, that won't work unless you actually try to put yourself, but I'm not actually sure how, how closely the auditor actually worked to try to really find out if it would happen. I think her mind was made up. I think, uh, you know, I know Supervisor Bone was very much of a proponent of, of ADP, ADP or at least the process. And, um, you know, but at least we went through a process to find out that didn't work. I don't like losing a half a million dollars, but Expensive we're losing process. We're losing millions of dollars right now because the auditor hasn't been able to do her statutorily required duties. You know, we've got dollars that, you know, currently have been lost to the county. And if we don't get um, our stuff together in the single audit, I mean, we're putting another 90 million, $93 million at risk. You know, I don't think we're going to lose all that. At least I hope not. But, uh, you know, yeah, it was, a, you know, some people could see it's a waste of money and maybe we shouldn't have done it. We wouldn't have known it, that it wouldn't work. You know, it didn't turn out, you know, uh, it's not the way I would have planned it. But I actually have bigger heartburn over losing dollars that we could get just by actually finishing the required paperwork that needs to be done. Easy for me to say because I'm not an auditor. I'm not an accountant. I don't play one on TV, nor do I want to be one. Yeah, that was one of her big things. Was she feels like she's trying to make, um, she's trying to make accountants out of people who aren't accountants, which I can I can empathize with that. That would be a challenge. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's just a cloudy situation. It's just a cloudy situation. That's a that's a good way to put it. Later, I might be thinking. I, you know, I can think of some other words some days. I can't say them here though. <laughs> It's a podcast. You could say whatever. And no. you're not running for office again. You that I know, must but be I'm a already hoping off your shoulder. Yeah. I'm always hope I I still have to get a job. I don't want to totally alienate, you know, the entire listening audience. But um yeah. No, it's hard. It's like I I I'd like to think about the positives and um and it's hard on this one because it just feels like we're not going anywhere. So yeah, it'll be um It'll be the election, as it does, will come and go, and what happens, we'll all adjust. What is it? It's June seventh. Yeah. Okay. And then, next month. And I want people to know, and it really does take a long time to certify elections. By the way, so I mean, I think uh, in a past presidential election, it made it sound like. Whatever comes in the night of the election is that, you know, that's it. It's like local elections, as far as long as I know, have taken nearly the entire 30 days to actually get certified. So, you know, we shall see. Are you happy that you're you're getting out, that, that you know, you're getting out of this? Yes and no. Time, I mean, especially I'm, now. I, I'm sad. Uh but at the same time, you know, like I said, I think there's some really big issues. Obviously, this is one of them. Um, I've been somebody who through the years has always, you know, from hospitality industry, always tried not to rock the boat, um, tried to state things in a way and, and make and kind of help people get along. I find I don't find myself in this position often where I really have had to start speaking out against a situation and in the case of, you know, um, our auditor controller situation, 
it's much easier for me to be able to talk and be um, more blunt with my words, I guess. You know, I'm, this isn't a joke. You know, this is a, this is a serious issue. So, you know, being one of the reasons of not running was being able to just try to be very clear about the challenges we have here. And uh, but it's also it's just bittersweet, you know. It's like I don't really want to leave, but I also don't want to overstay my welcome. Do you think um, that you would be doing that by running for another term? You know, I don't know. I think I think supervisors um, or any elected have a ta- habit of staying too long. It's almost like, you know, your driver's license renewal. A lot of times they just renew it for you. You don't have to go get your picture taken. It's really easy, right? And then, that, then finally you wait that one time too too long and you have to take your test and you have to go in and and you can't remember and, you know, and you fail, whatever it is. It's not, it's like, it shouldn't be the simple always rerunning. And um, I think for me, after my mom died in August is probably when I started thinking about it more, you know, because that, that does make you think about things in your life. And uh, it just seemed like, it seemed like a good time, you know, to really consider, am I enjoying myself? Um, am I bringing value to the board? And then, but what else, what else do I maybe want to do? So, yeah, I, every supervisor I know that decides not to run of their own volition, um, they question it a lot. They, they regret it. Uh, we're going to form a club this year. There are a lot of county supervisors who are not running, choosing not to run. Someone said, we should be the quitters club. I said, no, no, no. We need, <laughs> we need a better name. But, um, but I think it's really interesting listening to the different supervisors and why they're deciding. You know, one, uh, move over here. One's is this. One's just tired of the public process. One's like crazy, you know, politics is, I just don't like it anymore. And, but I think there's value to it. And I think, we, I think the supervisors who are new and coming in, we, all, we always have a new supervisors institute with the state. And I think we should have them sit down and listen to some of us who have left about the importance of rethinking. Because if you run and you're elected, it's for four years. You know, it's a four-year term. You don't want it to feel like a four-year sentence where, you know, you're hating every minute of it and you know I think it's hard to try to step backwards and and look and go okay do I really want to keep putting up this fight am I still having fun there's something else going on in my life I should probably think about you know and so it's it's a lot of thought you know and it's uh yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's God, I don't know what to do do next. People keep saying, "Oh, you're gonna go for the state," and it's like, "Are you kidding? They can't get anything done." So, so is that something you might want to do? Yeah, I used to think so, but um, currently it hasn't come my way. And you know, I think you know our two senators, you know, McGuire and Wood. I think they're a pretty good representative. I think I think they represent us well, and they they're approachable. Even if if you don't agree with one of their issues, they're approachable, you know. So I, as long as they stick around, um, and then I know other supervisors uh, elsewhere in this, uh, in the uh, like the different assembly districts that that are probably going to be putting their things in. And they're you know, I just look at it, I, I'm just going. I don't know if it's in me to do the 
that large of a run. Yeah, I don't know. Now if somebody if some somebody that was leaving the elected office came to me specifically and asked me, and then I might think about it, but I don't think that. I have no indication that that's in the cards. So what is your next step? Do you have any idea? No. <laughs> it's like uh I've been looking um at different it's like well could I could mediate, I could consult. There's a lot of consulting. Um I could probably do a CEO of some one of the, you know, I mean something here locally, maybe Cal Poly I could do something. So yeah, no right now the field is open. That's kind of exciting though, right? Yeah, it is. It's uh and then I have my friends saying, Don't do anything for a couple months. It's like Huh, that has a draw to it as well. <laughs> but yes, I don't know. I'll start to, I'll open a tequila bar. <laughs> I would definitely go to that. That would be great. Yeah. So tell your mom. <laughs> I will. Yeah, she would be there. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we got a chance to, to visit now. At least Me too. I know and I'm I feel really dumb that I didn't realize until last night. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. I think I know an awful lot about this kid. Yeah. I had uh your husband on as well. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. He said, uh, he said you were you were a good guy. It still didn't dawn on me who you were though. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So I might have to call you for some of those numbers of the people I haven't connected with for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, de- I'll definitely have to have you on again. I really, really appreciate you coming on and talking with me. I, I really enjoyed it. It was great meeting you since you know my family so well. Yeah, it's a uh, it small town. Feel, it makes me feel old. It is interesting. I'm at that age where, you know, I'm kind of just entering the world really because i'm only i'm 24 and my parents are in your generation where they're kind of you know starting to think about other things yeah and it's just it's really interesting watching one generation kind of not pull back but kind of you know move into the next phase of what they want to do with their lives and seeing this new generation kind of step in i don't know if how it's going to plan out i'm i'm interested to see but it's I've been thinking about that a lot. When people start retiring, people start changing their direction as a newbie in the field. It's It makes you it think about your it, life. Yeah. yeah, like what do I want to do? And I can't imagine doing anything for 10 years, let alone being in politics for 22. I mean, that just blows well, my mind. I'm still trying to, you know, it, and most of it's been really fun. Most. There's some exceptions. <laughs> yeah, it seems like nowadays politics has just kind of gone off the walls. It's not what it used to be. Yeah. But, you know, it's, um, there's been times in the past when it's still got, it's gotten wild before, you know, I just, I'm just, this one does, um, just seem like it's created a lot, a larger, I mean, current political in the national, it's like, it has drawn a lot of division between people and yeah. families and, and whether it's COVID, it was just, we've been through our time back and my stepdad is, oh. I should be calling him first. Yeah, we're he's, ninety, he's 95 today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tell him congratulations. Yeah. That's huge. We're going to have dinner tonight. No, he's, he's, he's great. He's amazing. I can only wish that I could, you know, I can't even imagine. You know, I'm still going, okay, I'm 60, which feels really old. But, um, but yeah, so I actually I do have to go and, like, make food and cook. Yeah, yeah. People, we can wrap so. this up. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Sometimes people will plug. Their campaign information. You don't have a campaign um, or any yeah, other information. Hey, anybody 
who'd like to get together sometime um, and maybe talk or, about differences or anything, reach out to me. You know, through email is probably the best, but I'm more than happy to talk with people, get to know them. You might not agree with me and I might not agree with them, but as long as we can connect with each other as humans, that's the part that counts. Tequila helps. That's always a good moderator. Yeah, well, yeah not at remote. It's a little yeah. early. <laughs> okay, well, Virginia, <laughs> thank you. Really, thank you. That All was right. a blast. I had a great right. time. Thank you. I'm, hopefully, I didn't get myself into much trouble. No, you're fine. Thanks, guys. Thanks.